I just wanted to get an idea from how far back. Like, you guys drove a distance here, no? Uh, I was just over an hour. An hour. You came KW. Yeah, Kitchener Waterloo. For anybody area. who's not from the Ontario area, yeah. we got to let them know what KW stands for. Kitchener Waterloo area. <laughs> and yeah, basically, even between Kitchener Waterloo and Cambridge, I think we're 350,000 people there. It's a good size. And then you're coming from Muskoka area. Muskoka, yeah. Just north of Muskoka, though. Nope, right nope. in the heart of Muskoka. Right in, what's, yeah. the, what's the heart? Muskoka. I don't know what the heart is. Port Carling, hub of the lakes. Nice. Yeah. And then you guys came from just Caledon. north of Caledon. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show. And, and, and we're going to have an exciting show with, we're going to talk about spray foam and a bunch of other stuff. We'll talk about construction. We'll talk about spray foam. We'll talk about your businesses. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff. But I want to get everybody to introduce themselves if we can go around the table, starting from Mohammed there. My name is Mohammed. M-U. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's different I ways know, of me. Listen, I'm not, I, listen, it's, I'm hard with names, man. So it's just, I always try to, remember people's names right so i just want to make sure even when i first contacted you your name for whatever reason apple did it as mo and i'm like why didn't it do it as mu but that's a conversation for i mean when we do the captions automatically does mo as well really so i got to keep correcting See what I mean? mu but ai hasn't caught on yet that on okay. my phone to tell right. you so so mom is back from foment correct you brought a friend Yes. <laughs> Reluctantly. Last, last minute. <laughs> I, got I had to massage this. your feet in the no, morning. No, Baby, nobody, nobody reeled anybody in. <laughs> oh, I didn't jump to joy. But trust me. When did he first bring it up? Um, about 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think when he texted me and he said, hang on a sec, let me just call her, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. Did he text you and ask you or did he call you? Um... I came home and I was like, hey, man, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> All right. And, and, and duty-wise, what do you do with Fomit? I'm more what do of you like in the backbone. Okay, yeah. So like I like handle the complaints. I handle the customers that don't really want to pay. That never <laughs> happens in construction. Oh, never. Never. There's no, no. department for that. Oh, God. You don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, need it badly. All right, so you take care of everything that's not on site, so to speak, but yes. you make the site run smooth. I try. Other than Mohammed, when he's on site, should I tell them what you come close? Come closer. Sure. Very very humble. Okay. She, she's been involved in all aspect, aspects of uh, spray foam insulation. She's been in attics. She's done blowing and she's done spray foam. She scraped a lot of walls. Oh wow. She's trained the guys. She's done the testing. She's been certified. Uh, she understands the whole administration. This is what I was expecting you to tell yeah. me. And now you're telling me. Okay, so yeah, you uh, know the She's, you know she's the been to probably well over 100 shows you've been to with me, trade yeah. shows. Uh, she was at a trade wow. show with me this weekend as well. Yeah, you guys just did the show. tiny show. Yeah. How did that go? That went well? Well, yeah. we're just there for branding and like okay. bringing our industry to everyone's eyes. They foam up with fiberglass. Um so she's very comfortable training people. Uh, she gets along very well with people, even her own staff. Uh, she understands, like I said, the administration side of things when it comes to HR, payroll, taxes, CRA. People person. I am a people person. And then uh, she got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault was that? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. But then, okay, over to Simone now, right? Yeah. So you're from Basket Pro? Yeah, Bass Pro. Sorry, Bass Pro. Basket Pro. Bass Pro. I haven't gotten that one before. No, Bass Pro. Bass Pro, right? So, and Muskoka area, you focus mostly in the Muskoka area? Yeah, mostly in Muskoka, but also towards Halliburton, uh, out towards Perry Sound, um, sometimes down to Aurelia, but mostly the Muskoka area, which is, it's not one, it's pretty big. 
it starts to expand. Yeah. yeah. And also there's a lot of more people moving up there, right? Yeah, for sure. It's getting very, very yeah. busy there. Right? Yeah, we, I would say we work on a lot of like custom residential homes. So it's not so much. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cottage homes. Which is nice, which is great. And then yeah. our last guest is Jeff from uh, Reisel, right? Yeah, uh, I'm the assistant general manager at Reisel. Uh, I would say I've been with the company for about 12 years. Started at the bottom, uh, went from a laborer to an installer, sprayed foam for probably about 11, almost 12 years. Uh, and then I got promoted a couple of years ago. So I'm kind of the jack of all trades when it comes to our company. I'm, I'm helping with the guys, get them out in the morning, educating, training. Uh, whenever you know we have a downfall in in work workers, I'm I'm out there. I'm spraying. I'm still able to. I'm still certified. I go out uh, out on site, show them what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, and you know whatever else in between kind of thing. It's an interesting industry, you guys, like that you've chosen. I'm just trying to figure out. So you were saying 12 years, and Simone, you were saying how old? Since I was 12. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've been in the game five years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only five years. Yeah. Yeah. Add another zero or something. No, no. So but but you, you took it over from your dad. And I then did. But how yeah. long was he doing it for? Uh, 2009. Okay. Yeah. So that's what, yeah. like you guys are getting, and then you guys, FOAM has been around from since 07. Yeah. So there's like a good 40 years here of experience regarding this industry, this trade, right? So uh, I just want to let everybody know that last cam. Just giving a huge shout out to them. Uh, thanks so much for being for them being a part of the show. But I want—I guess my first question is, why did you guys choose spray foam? Because it's not the one trade that everybody's. It's kind of like bricklaying and concrete and the, the harder jobs, the harder careers. Why did you? I'd love to hear from all four of you guys. Why did you guys choose spray foam? Just I mean, jump in. I, I guess I, I got hustled. You got hustled? I got hustled, but I want to hear your story. <laughs> I want to hear, yeah, I wanna hear yours I wanna first. Hear yours is okay. way more interesting than mine. <laughs> what do you mean you got hustled? We had, the, we had this talk before. I think uh, you mentioned it, yeah. We, I did floors. That's and we right. wanted to get into insurance restoration. The gentleman we're buying it from had a spray foam truck. He took a deposit for both of them, gave us a deposit back for the restoration, didn't give the deposit back for the truck, so we had to give him the rest of the money to get the truck. And then the more research I did, I realized that this is not a part-time job. <laughs> there's, there's, like, there's work. Yeah, like you got to work 600 days a year. And you can't fly by night, right? Like, I mean, I can only assume during the, the funny years that we just experienced with the world, a lot of monkeys got into the business. I think a lot of people try. They try, They buy right? a truck or they buy a trailer. They think they can do it. And then they don't realize actually how much, like technology is involved in what we do science and science how much damage they can cause <laughs> and, and yeah and, and how, how many expensive labor. everything is yeah. sorry how labor intensive it can be yes and so how there's not a lot of us out there so who did actually they just do bolt that. did they just bolt once they started realizing i can't really operate this business give them three days and they start to run really <laughs> it goes them, that yeah. fast <laughs> it goes that fast huh well we have a joke it's like grand opening grand closing like they'll start that <laughs> year and then by the end of the year they have to change their name or they're gone yeah Wow. Yeah, you have to play the long game, for the, sure. The upfront costs, costs are so expensive that, like, sometimes you think about it, like, crap, how are we going to pull this off? I mean, just to give you an example, we were talking about it off off microphone about a I like machine. stuff off mic, eh? uh, A machine. <laughs> it was a basically a cargo van, $300,000 for a cargo van. Yeah. Everything brand new, but... That, that doesn't include your ladders. That doesn't include your scaffolding. That doesn't include your toolbox. Your toolbox. Spare gun. Material. 
Yeah, you got to buy material that's not expired. You got to make sure you treat that material correctly. And also the equipment, you got to treat that properly. That's not paying wages. <laughs> no. And you got to fix and it when it breaks. Yeah. And you got to know how to fix it. Maintenance on that truck as well, too, is very important. Or you have spares. So like we have the same thing. I go back to reactor, reactor. Yeah. why did you guys get into this industry? I'm fascinated by it. I know you got. Well, like I said, I got in the more research I did. I realized that, oh, crap, it doesn't work like this. And then I just kept buying more and more stuff to have backup because like when you promise somebody something you want to deliver. Yep. So if you break down on someone, say, tell them, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. That's not going to fly. So why did you guys get in? Uh, I would say it was probably my competitive spirit that kept me in. <laughs> but uh, what actually got me in was I needed a job. Uh, I started working. I had been kind of screwed over by a contractor beforehand. Uh, that never happens. No, no. <laughs> and, you know, I was promised an apprenticeship for bricklaying, and basically he took advantage of a program where it was subsidized costs for wages. And by the time all the subsidization came off, it, like, my hours just cut back almost completely. So, uh, you know, I was fresh out of high school, was looking for something. Uh, my girlfriend, her uncle, owned the business. He's like... Yeah, I could take you on. And I was like, okay, I just need it for like three months. I've been talking to another masonry company. They're not looking to take anyone on until the, the spring. Started working there. It was, I would say, maybe about two or three months later, I found out my uh, wife, no, sorry, girlfriend then, um, wife now, was <laughs> pregnant and I, I was about to say, be careful, <laughs> you get this clear. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sounds familiar. Uh, she's not going to listen to this anyways. But, you but never it, know. Yeah, and then so we got into it. Uh, I just started working, you know, kind of fell in love with it. You know what I mean? It's it's hard work and you do the hard work, you do it right. It, it pays off. Am I wrong to say that is very satisfying work? It's instant gratification. When it's, when it's, it's true. When, when it's complete. It? Yeah. yeah. When it's complete. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, when you start, there's a big task in front of you. But then when you're doing it and it's being done correctly and the, and the work and the team is working well, and then when it's completed, you have a real sense of satisfaction. I describe it to most of my new guys like 3D painting because you yep. spray it on the wall and it instantly expands. I so, like that. I've never heard it that way. I like that. Yeah, so basically you spray it on the wall. If you're not spraying it on the wall evenly, you can see it. So, you know, a, a sprayer, he's going to go back and forth with his paint sprayer. And if he's heavy on one side, it's going to drip. You don't want to drip. So you got to know exactly what you're doing with it. If you go heavy, you spray too thick, you're going to have problems. So is it easy to teach? Well, I mean, I still want to get your answer, Simone, about why you chose this. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um. It wasn't my first choice. It wasn't the career that I thought I was going to have. Where were you headed? I lived in Calgary for five years. I went to university. Studied? And then I studied. I was going to go into oil and gas, but that market out there took a different turn. This is around when? 2014. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I guess you're still in the oil <laughs> I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am kind of actually yeah, in a weird way. Yes. <laughs> technically. Yes, you are. Um, and then I actually went and I worked for a big building supply company um, up in Muskoka, Muskoka Lumber. And um, I had, it's still my favorite job. I still tell my dad that. Um, and they really opened my eyes to how much I loved the construction industry. I loved the clients. I loved the gratification of 
at that time, I was just filling orders and watching kind of these massive homes go up, which I thought was really cool. And then my dad had this little company back then called Basque. And then I said to him, hey, like, what do you think? I should maybe try that out. I love the lifestyle up here. Um, I know a lot of people now because I've worked behind this desk for like three summers. I know a lot of contractors uh, and they trust me. And so he's you like, were already networking. Networking. Such a big thing. But you there. were networking yes. because you had such Huge. an interest and passion in construction. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And I loved the people. I loved the lifestyle. I loved everything that came along with it. Not just spray foam or fiberglass. Just the whole process. Yeah. Then we get on, got into drywall too and painting and anyways. But um, I think for me, I stayed because of the clients. The people. Because I loved dealing with the contractors up there. And my dad said, well, you can only fuck it up. So here to go. Here I am <laughs> five years later. But you didn't, but you didn't, right? I, well, I haven't. No, I no. haven't. We went from having like, you know, six people, including me on a job site working every day to now we have over 25 employees. Oh, wow. In five years. Yeah. Is dad impressed? I think so. I hope so. Yeah. That number at the end of the month is what drives him. Has he said <laughs> he's impressed? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, my relationship with my father is amazing. I'm so lucky. I well, think we're both lucky. Some old school guys may not say it, but they totally say it without, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah, right? no, he's, he's a very proud father. Okay, good, oh, yeah. good, good. <laughs> Last? Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into when I moved here. Not a clue? Not a clue. No, but you're coming from where? Australia. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know. Yes, yeah, so yeah. in Australia, spray foam isn't big at all. We, do have, we have cellulose, but um, spray foam, and not spray no. foam. What's the majority there is bad? <laughs> no, it's actually it's blown in. Really? But very, very low low amounts of blown in. And no vapor barrier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's the climate. They don't put vapor barrier. It's the reverse, yeah. right? Anywhere? Yeah. No vapor barrier anywhere? No. Because, like, Australia is a big country, and it, it has different hemispheres. So we're in the colder zone, Melbourne, and they Melbourne, don't have vapor Victoria, barrier. Yeah, yeah. And no vapor barriers. No. When you say colder zone, how cold are we talking about? Well, it started to get to like minus two now. Okay, all right. We didn't used to see that back in the day. That's a Canadian spring. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We so look forward to that temperature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shorts come out. You're dressed <laughs> yeah, for that temperature yeah. right now. That's what it is. Okay, so, you, so you, you had no idea that you were getting into it. No, and then when I moved here, obviously I wasn't expecting to actually work alongside of my husband. But I there's guess a challenge right there. It was a challenge and everyone was like, oh, it's not a good idea. But I had nothing else to do. No, we needed extra labor. It's like, get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was me. I, I jumped into it. I was like, I'm getting up with you four in the morning and I'm coming home with you 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and I did. We did it for a long time, just him and I. Was it scary jumping into something that you guys so, knew so little about? No. I, no? I was ready for the challenge. Okay, yeah. so it was challenging. It was challenging. It wasn't, a sc it wasn't a fear. No, it was just something new, something. I knew I could learn it. I wasn't, I'm always a go-getter, so I don't kind of just sit back and be like, oh. I just want people that listen to the show that do a lot of trades, and whenever they're a kid and they choose the right trade that they want to choose, Yeah. I guess the majority of them would just jump right in, but the smarter ones think research. about where they're yeah they think about where they're jump where they're jumping and yeah. why they're jumping and they try to figure that out and yeah. then they, they they successful they're they're successful as a result of it because they've chosen that one right yeah but that's what you guys are doing so the fear wasn't there it was more the interest and the challenge to get in and the same thing with yourselves right where 
you're taking over for your dad's business and he's already built it a certain way, but you looked at the opportunity of where we can take it next. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, so like you saw had, lots of opportunity. Yeah. He had worked out like a lot of the technical, like, you know, things, if you will. Um, but then it was my job to make sure that that train kept moving. Yeah. So like things like buying more generators, having guys who can problem troubleshoot on site all the time is so important in our industry. Cause if you can't do that, you're not running a spray. That is, company. I mean, you guys, if, if it goes down, that's it. S- you got a MacGyver this thing. Like, Someone needs to be MacGyver on the, on the you crew. You need to have a plan B. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the the yes. old crew before they were older guys. Yeah. Hum the MacGyver tune. No, 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 no. Did they really? They, right away they start humming because they know we're going into MacGyver mode. <laughs> the younger guys don't know much of it. But they won't know what MacGyver no. is. <laughs> but the guys before right away, they start humming it because we got to fix that. Whatever, you know, it's either a, a pneumatic line, hydraulico, something you got to fix. Most things, I mean, I find with our machines anyways, we use older model machines. You can fix right on site unless, you know, it's a part that's blown out completely. There's ways to, if you need to, bypass. Uh, you know, if you have an issue, say, uh, and this is probably more people that are actually in the industry would understand like if you cross over your material into your gun and say it goes back into your hose well that hose is shot you, you can't just like get it out just right on site you're you're taking that hose off you're taking the block off the the end of your gun and you're putting it on the hose and you're spraying for the rest of the day and then and it's so heavy it's <laughs> so heavy like wow. that there's no you can't move it you're, you're you're going from a like a flexible hose to so, a stiff abs pipe so it goes from yeah like a uh, a thicker line to a thinner line at the end because you want to have that flexibility so that if you have you know tight ring choice pocket that you need to get into and you need to turn your wrist uh you can get into it whereas you know if you're on the end of the hose it's like you know, you're just you're, you're fighting. Give, it. You're fighting it all day long, and that's not the way to do the no. install. No, I you think you want to make it as easy on your body as possible. I think like spray foam sucks if you're getting it in or on something where it's not supposed to go. Just in general, is <laughs> a terrible the thing. Is, yeah, yeah, like you put it in the wall, you put it in the ceiling, whatever. That's great there. Anywhere else on anything else, terrible. It's a pain. Terrible to get out. Anything <laughs> black is yeah. windows, doors. Oh. Oh my God. So how much different is the industry today than it was when you guys first got into it? Do you look at those uphill battles of knowledge like nothing now, but there's new problems today? I would say when I first got into it, the, the foam sprayed a lot nicer because they were using HFCs. A, I agree. Yeah, exactly. What's, sorry, what is it? H- HFCs. Okay, so the HFCs, and what exactly is that? It's a blowing agent. The blowing agent. That's the stuff. The bad stuff. The bad stuff. That's going to be the (laughs) stuff that's deteriorating our ozone. You know what I mean? So now they've changed it over to HFO, blowing agent, which Elastigam, I believe, was the first one. Yeah. And uh, they did that back in, I think it was 2017, 2018, something like that. They came out with the Insulthane Extreme. And basically what happened was, uh, if you look at the HFCs, the global warming potential, the GWP was 784, and then with the HFO, it went down to a 1, which you can't actually have a 0 on that, so it's probably a little less than 1, but that's a significant change. That's 99.9%. HFO stands for what, and HFC stands for what? Hydrofluoric carbon, I think, HFC. Okay. And HFO is probably hydrofluoric oxygen. Okay. All right. So it's science Google class. It. We're, we're it's back to science. Class. Science. Back to science class. <laughs> Got it. So now is the industry switching everything over to HFOs? It's it has to be legally. 
legally speaking. As of yeah. 2022, it has oh. to be unless it's agricultural. Okay, that's interesting. And now, so it doesn't spray as easy or as smoothly? It or it's all differently. of the above. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all all right. of the above. So it makes it more challenging, which means that you need a more experienced You need installer. to be an experienced. You need to know how to dial it in. Uh, basically, before you'd ha- kind of have a range of temperatures you could operate within, and it was easy to make it look nice. And now it's like you need to be within a degree or two. And if you're not, I mean, an experienced installer can make it look good, but, you know, they're fighting it all day. And certain days, like, you could start on one wall and have the sun beating on it, and then you get to the next wall, and the sun hasn't touched it yet. It's going to spray completely different. Yeah, I've seen that before, especially, like, seasonal as well, too. It depends on how the house, where the sun's moving around it and everything. Well, technically, you shouldn't be spraying in anything less than minus 10, and I tell my customers zero. Same. Because it's yeah. it's just not worth it. You you lose yield. It, you know, that's production right out the doors. If you're, if you're spraying anything colder than my, like zero, your your yield is low. Are we still fighting GCs that are not prepping job sites correctly for you guys? Oh, we're still fighting Ooh, that. No right? one preps nothing. No. We are the prep. I mean, you guys can't walk we onto the job site too. and you're seeing your breath. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good day to spray. No, it's not a good day to spray. This job site's not prepped properly. And they don't understand. Do you guys tarp and blow like diesel dry heat in the No, space? we we tell all of our GCs, homeowners, everyone it's you need to heat the space. If I'm spraying like an outdoor building, it's you're heating and hoarding the space because I'm not showing up on a Sunday afternoon to come and tarp this and put up scaffolding and everything uh just for it to run out and have be worried all night. But also you guys didn't price for that either. No, we, but I write it right on my contract. It's yeah. You guys are responsible for this. If you want us to complete this job, this these are our conditions. And mo- you know, most of our customers, they're okay with that as long as we fulfill our end of the deal. So running the business, what's the top three lessons that you guys learned from day one to today that, that's different? What, you guys, what have you guys done differently administration-wise running your businesses? Scheduling. Scheduling. Yeah. And deposits. Oh, I was gonna deposits. deposits. So money, scheduling, what's the third one? I would say it's got to be taking care of your guys. The like, crew. Yeah, the crew's got to be taken care of. It's not like what it used to be where, you know, everyone's just going to show up and do their job and go home. You, you guys want to jump ship, and you got to make them make know that they're appreciated. But there's a lot of turnover. Am I wrong, guys, that there's a lot of turnover on we employees? We haven't had a high turnover for a long time now, but. So you there, are, there you, are periods of like yeah we go through quite a few guys to find that but you've built a base right you, yes. you're you're educating these people to 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 want to learn this industry and be in this industry and and provide a great product right instead of I guess other guys are just fly right in and just say forget it it's just a paycheck I'm punching a clock looking for cutting edge solutions for your spray foam needs look no further than Elasticam Specialty Chemicals. With a remarkable track record spanning over three decades, Elasticam stands as an industry leader supplying contractors across Canada with top-grade closed-cell, open-cell, and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme, Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed-cell product. Time is precious, and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane Spray Foam products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at 1-877-787-2436.
I mean, you're always, you're always going to get those yeah. people. You just have to make it so that they, they care about what they're doing. So how do you guys handle that? Simone, how do you? Well, I think for us it's a little bit different because we um, got into something about six years ago now called the Foreign Worker Program. Okay. And so I um, do have done multiple labor market impact assessments. And we bring people over from the Philippines and we train them. And that's and going so, really well. And it's going amazing. Yeah. They want to work. They want to come over. They want to have a life here. Um, and I, I can't be more thankful for all of them. Yeah. I don't think I have a single Canadian working for me. Do they like Pridays? <laughs> Pridays? All the Filipinos I know, immigrant-wise, they're all great people. I love because of food. I love the food. Oh, yeah. No, they, they <laughs> but, do. But the Fs are always P's, right? So Pride Day. Like, it's always, <laughs> it's just I have to. Next, I have, they're going to listen to this. They're really excited. Yeah, so there's that been I'm plenty of right Portuguese now, jokes on this show, right? <laughs> so it's like I've had my share of Portuguese jokes. So everyone's um, fair game. So, yeah, I would say like our turnover is, is very low just because they're on contract with us. But at the same time, we have different hurdles that we have to get over. So a lot of them come over and no driver's license, don't have a place to live, right? So, um, you know, we invested in staff housing for them, you know, close to grocery stores because we know they can't drive. And like Muskoka, you know, there's no public transit up there. So it's a bit of a, you choose your battles, I guess. Yes. It's not that we didn't want to hire Canadians. It's just, you know, we're two and a half hours from here north. We just don't have the, the population or but the resources. they want to learn, right? They're really interested Very in learning. Very driven, very money driven. They love overtime. Our industry loves overtime. Right. So I think it was a good match. Really good match. I don't think a single spray foam job I've ever done has gone on perfect time schedule wise. It's always wow. gone longer <laughs> than it was supposed to. I I'm think that's where like having I, I did work on the cruise for a long time. I am also certified to spray foam. Um, Everybody at this I table? <laughs> all, all you guys have sprayed, Woo! right? Yep. Everybody's I think it's important. Okay. If you're managing people, you need to understand what they're going out to do every day. Of course. Yes. Everyone right? that's in our office except for our controller is certified to spray. Wow. Because then you have that mutual respect. Yeah, and like you know what you're, you're, how to communicate yeah. with everybody. Well, you can also tell them what to do. Exactly. Yeah, know you what know you what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Communication. Yeah. And, and, and then they're not like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. But yeah. you do. That's I do know thing. what I'm talking about. And, you know, if you want me to come and show you, I will show you. And, you know, if you have to make a point, and some people need a point made, but I try not to get to that point because it's a mutual respect thing. It's, you know, you, you explain it to them why they're doing what they're doing and a lot of times that's enough and certain people that's not enough and you do need to show them physically and uh, i mean i'm not going to rough anyone up on a job site or anything like that but i'm going to show them why they're doing it and what they're doing is wrong i've always been fascinated by your industry because it's the one product of building a structure where the product is manufactured on site every other product that's attached to a build is manufactured off-site and then brought to site and installed. But you guys, your product is manufactured on site, which is challenging. So it's not so much about training a person to learn the trade or the craft. They have to understand the manufacturing process behind that product that they're installing, which is a challenge for you guys, right? It takes, I would say, not a year, years, to train a good spray foamer. Like it's not a year. I've said it before, usually two years have become 
profitable off that individual. Yeah. Two years of Two training. Years. And that, I mean, that when you meet somebody, what is it that you see in them that says they they have the potential to be a good installer? I've, I've been wrong multiple times, but... Uh, well, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> we, we all have. <laughs> so you think somebody, because if you're very positive, you're like, oh man, this guy has potential. And then you bank on that potential. But it's like, you got to be sure 100% the day they start. But you can't business. No, you can't. I don't. I don't put a gun into anyone's hand for six months because you need to learn every aspect of preparation and cleanup and you know everything in the back of the truck before they should even have that gun in their hand. Because I mean, ninety percent of running a, a spray foam truck is just running the truck, not actually spraying the foam. Because you know, like Muhammad said before, you know, you need to know how to fix things. You need to know how to MacGyver things. You need to know how to what to do when something goes wrong uh it, like if a, a pneumatic line goes on your pump what do you what do you got to do so i what i mean what are the key characteristics that you're looking for somebody that wants to get into this industry like what are they ego be? i think you just gotta be sorry hard worker no what was that smell? ego ego you they need a little bit of an ego they need a little to bit do of an what ego. we do this really? is not glamorous I <laughs> can see that there. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, no, it's you, not a little bit of a good day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people have to be a little bit overconfident to walk into that truck. Okay. Because if if you try if you started going through the entire truck and said, okay, this is what you have to do today, they'd be like, are you insane? Yeah, I I, I'm crazy. still on step one. Yeah, exactly. So you have you have to kind of like. Stroke that ego a bit okay. <laughs> to get them to stay. Retention. So someone that's really good with their hands or maybe they come from a mechanical background. Yeah. Like they have some trinking going on or maybe a mechanical trade. That uh, might be an interest that works for this trade. I no? mean, if or? I could hire a farmer any day. Oh, well, yeah. I would. That's been said so many times on this show. Like, bring me as many farmers as possible. It's actually funny because that's where all of our guys are. Well, you think about it. Farming. Really? Yeah. If, if, you, if you grow up on a ma and pop farm and something goes wrong, you're not just going to the store to replace it. You're, you're getting you're, that wrench. Yeah, you're grabbing the wrench. You're fixing it yourself. You're not coming in from the field. No, you, you need to fix. You're well, fixing it right I mean, then, there. You might have to bring the pickup out with a couple tools, but you're fixing it right there. It's not like you're getting a tow in from the field to fix that tractor when it's, you know, maybe gonna, you're going to get a little dirty, but you got to fix it in the field. You got to get back out there. The, the corn's got to get taken off. The wheat's got to get taken off. But it, hay's got to get cut. You know, money's got to be made. If you don't cut that today, well, it's raining tomorrow. It's kind of like 90% pr like prep and get ready for something that's going to go wrong and 10% spraying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is that what it feels like? The troubleshooting. Maybe more. Maybe more. <laughs> really? Ninety five? Five percent? Because like it's you're spraying a wall and the guy that did the you know air barrier on the outside missed the spot, you're spraying, the pressure goes out. Your neighbor's windows are gone, you're screwed. Yeah. Think so about that's a possibility. Prep. If you're driving downtown Toronto or Oakville, where we are right now, and yeah. you, you see a building being spray foamed, drive the opposite direction. Because the wind catches the wrong direction. Five K. Really? Yeah, and it'll stick on a car, on anything, because it's it doesn't actually, uh, it doesn't turn uh, into foam till it hits a hard substrate. So it could either be your. So lungs, when it goes air, when it goes it. airborne, it's just it's in a like a. a it's mist. It stays it's a mist. something. It's looking for something yeah, until it lands, lands on, on there. Yeah. 
So you, so that's your prep stage where you have to go and literally dissect the building and make sure that the previous trades did what they were supposed to do. And that makes it good for you guys. Most important part. I mean, you, you think about it. If the plumber didn't do his job right and we come in and we foam it, they're going to blame us. They're not going to blame the plumber. Like if, if you have, say, like a three and a half inch ABS pipe in the wall and they didn't secure it in place because... Well, the GC didn't tell them that we were getting spray foam in. And we come in, we spray it, and it comes out past that the face of the studs. Which it does. It does if you're not paying attention, you know. And you go to cut it, and you cut that APS line, or you cut that PEX line, that's on us now. because, of course. And, you know, it, somebody else should have prepped it before us, but we have to catch it. Because if we don't catch it, it's gonna they're gonna blame us anyways. Are inspectors these days, are they got... I remember in the early days when people were just getting started with spray foam inspectors it was like hit and miss kind of thing yeah they stopped doing uh vapor beer over close cell <laughs> well they started no, stopped started they kept on it was almost like tinted windows and being pulled over by a cop like it's just up to their discretion at that time and i'm like well you guys just figure out what is right what is wrong uh but i mean there's been lots of structures that have been built with the vapor barrier yeah on top of close cell spray on foam. top of close cell and you get a moisture trap and it just drips to the bottom plate and it molds away. Yeah, so then they got rid of it at that point, right? The The only thing I do caution people with when it comes to new builds is, you know, wood is only 70% kiln dried. So That's another factor. Uh, when you are, like, at that time when we were fighting with inspectors about vapor barrier, no vapor barrier, I'd tell them just, if you're not going to put a vapor barrier on it, put something over the stud because... In a year from now, you're going to see shadowing on those studs. Uh, now I find, especially with uh, the custom home market, it takes so long to build those houses, just like it should. Uh, by the time it comes down to drywall actually going on, uh, you're not seeing that shadowing nearly as much. And it it's makes a better product. I mean, I, I don't think any house should be thrown up in three months. Uh, it's just They're building them too fast. That's way too thing. fast. It's almost the extreme. Like it goes up way too fast or it goes too slow because clients are... We're on more on the at least where we are. We're on like we're we're waiting. That that lumber is sitting there for months before we even touch it. So you have to. Oh my gosh, yeah. The places we're doing are like seven, ten thousand square feet. Like they don't, they take forever, and they're custom too, right? So, um, and it's also cool because we are on the drywall side now too, um, and any, everything up there or a lot of stuff in Muskoka is going more modern. Um, we we actually can see if that foam or even with the bib system is pulling away. So it's almost like a double check for us, which is nice. You guys are dealing more with clients directly or GCs? GCs. GCs, right? Sure. Clients. And clients, you guys are we're dealing We're both. We're both, eh? And then clients mostly, but yeah, GCs as well. So what's what's the client like and what's the GC like these days compared to? I know that it was, it was almost like um, they weren't sure of it back then. Like and then that that to me when it translates is like I don't know enough about it for me to say yay or nay to use this. Honestly, I think one of the best things that happened was about 10, 12 years ago when Marketplace came out with. Uh, I saw that story. Yeah, the they ruined my home thing <laughs> yeah. because everyone was like, "Oh, spray phone's so bad," and then y y those people would actually call and you'd go out and you'd educate them and say, you know what, that's. That's why you're calling someone who knows what they're doing because, like you said, we mix the product right on site. So you want to have someone who's certified and somebody who's spraying certified foam and somebody who knows what they're doing 
and somebody who has a reputation and because you can ruin someone's home it it's happened i mean accidents happen you know it, it's it's just the reality of it i mean some sometimes somebody's pushing a job quick and they just they go too fast and they they you can ruin someone's home so how i sorry how how is it with gc's um we're lucky because i feel like we've um been up in the muskoka area long enough now where we have educated them on what our expectations are and they've also seen it where they didn't say what we said they should do and the re the repercussions of it um so i think for us we're really lucky in that the guys that we're working with the general contractors like they're they're on me more than i'm on them okay. in terms of prep work because they know better now and I think, you know, we still, I'll still get a phone call maybe twice a year from a GC that doesn't use me. And they'll ask like, hey, there's something weird about this spray foam. Well, who did <laughs> that, you hire? No, exactly. I don't even have to normally ask those questions, but I'll just ask what color the foam is. <laughs> um, so you already get a sense that. Yeah, exactly. Who they are without even, it's a small community where we're from. So it's a little bit different, but you know, who they are, what they're using. But, you know, like they'll come to me and they'll be like, smell, it smells like fish in here. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what is that smell of fish? I know I've heard of that. And I, I Muhammad. Someone hasn't showered in a while. But <laughs> 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 basically, the foam was sprayed too thick. so Too heavy. Too heavy. So a molten mass will be like created in the middle that won't ever cure. And it off gases. Got it. So that's what's and going that's, on there. That's that so someone's in a hurry smell. to just install the product and not install it correctly. Exactly. Exactly. Like manufacturer specs is you should only spray two inches at a time. Yeah. And, you know, some guys think that it's high expansion foam like they have <laughs> in the U.S. and they throw on five inches all at once. And that's where you run into those type of issues. Um, and more to what Simone was saying there, it, like the foam being a different color, each manufacturer has a different color mm -hmm. of foam. So... You know, Last Chem has burnt sienna is the color of the foam. I call it more of like a pinky purple. Okay. But uh, it's, you know, you go into different manufacturers, they've got different colors, you know, variety of different colors. Uh, if it doesn't have a color, that's when you question it uh, because it's not certified. Really? Yes. Okay. And why would a client or a GC agree to use a product that that's not certified? They I don't, don't think know. they're aware. They not aware. They have no idea. But is the number just attractive to them? Yes. That yeah. as well. Yeah. I, am I wrong to say, because I've always said this to clients, that you should definitely get three quotes when you're going to consider spray foam. And those numbers should be pretty close to each other. They should. And I, if you've got one number, that's dramatically <laughs> less. Exactly. <laughs> I still We're all say, buying from the same guy. <laughs> well, I, I still tell, tell my GCs, I might be shooting myself in the foot, but I get two other quotes. It, it makes sense yeah. just to vary because you guys, you, I'm sure if all you guys quoted the same job, the numbers are going to be pretty close. Yep. They should be. Maybe 5%. Be. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I usually, when I talk to the, the customer or the GCs, I, I say, hey, just so you know, I'm not going to be your lowest price. I'm not going to be your highest price. Uh, I'm probably going to be somewhere in the middle, but you'll be taken care of. And they like the upfront honesty. You know what I mean? I, I deliver a product and I'm going to make sure that it's done right. Like, yeah. you guys have been around for so long. You know something goes wrong. You guys are going back two, three years later. Yeah. The exactly. problem now is, guys, they don't come back the following day to fix something. Yeah, like, they don't take the phone call. That's, like, our industry. So you just got like, the job and that was done. Yeah. 
they won't they will not take the return phone call which is crazy because then for at least for us because we work with so many gcs like i have to take that phone call i want to take that phone call because that's my repeat right. business yeah like i i go to the same grocery store as that guy like <laughs> a vested interest yeah, to make sure he's happy exactly so yeah. that, that's why you ha you answer the phone the best thing you can have do to. as a tradesperson is answer the phone yeah answer the text reply don't don't try to well, they have a client they're anybody. talking to, so you want to make them look good in front of their clients as well. So they need answers. So where are the answers coming from the clients? Like, well, you guys, you guys are dealing with both clients and GCs, yeah. right? So what is the dynamic between the two there? Nothing. Whoever calls you, answer and tell them what's going on. You're educating them the same way. You're, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. You're not like there's no special privilege or whatever to speak to a, a GC this way, speak to a client this way. No, you almost invest the same. Except they're, they're if both it's clients. like a repeat GC already knows the drill. Yeah. A repeat GCR. <laughs> Without that, we have no conversation. <laughs> like I said, a repeat GC knows the drill. Yeah. And a new homeowner that's trying to manage their own project, you kind of got to hold their hand and explain the process. Are clients today too educated? They think they are. A lot of YouTube I agree with you. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. So a lot of Google clients, right? A lot of YouTube oh, yeah. clients, a lot of, like, they think TikTok. what they see, TikTok, so yeah. they think that's reality, right? We, we actually had a, he's a GC, but he's also a professor at a secondary school, not a secondary, college, University. Centennial, or something like that. Okay, post. And yeah. we did the job, and then he's like, no, these walls don't look good. What are you talking about? He's like, look, I want the job done like that. And I go, buddy, that's us. <laughs> that's the same guy that sprayed that sprayed your house you know see, so like they're the going truck, online the name, see everything? no he didn't he just saw a photo and i knew it was us and i go that's us man i posted that sorry someone you were gonna say something on no i mean with with uh with homeowners i think we definitely have to invest a bit more time <laughs> but I, what i was going to say i find it funny that you know everyone gets a quote but no one necessarily asks where the product is coming from like, what product do you guys use? Oh, no one, why don't no one, they ask that? I don't, well, it's like clients are almost overeducated. I just find it funny that, but they don't ask like the most simple question. Like, where's your product coming from? I mean, I, I push that when yeah. I'm on site doing sales calls. It's, you know, this is a Canadian made manufactured product. So you guys take pride we in take the fact pride that 100%. you're using a product that is certified, it's safe, it's clean, it's proper. And it's made I mean, in our province. It, it like will be backed cool. if anything goes wrong. It would be backed, right? Well, I mean, Last Chem's a family company. They're yeah. family owned and operated. It's the same as our company. We're, we're selling our business by selling their business. So it just makes sense for you guys to incorporate it in as part of your sales pitch. Exactly. So the only reason that someone wouldn't include it in the sales pitch is because they're hiding something? Possibly. Uh, sometimes people are just looking at the bottom line. rather. Just than a number, right? Yeah. Just another customer. Whereas... I mean, but what are you saving? Like you're actually losing longevity of referrals and work, future projects. Like you're, the gamble is too great for you to try to save some bucks. Not everybody could see that. Really? Yeah. yeah. An educated customer is a good customer. If you educate your customer on the product you're installing, what you're going to do for them, they're better off because they're going to say, hey, you know, Jeff at Reitzel, he just came over. He, he told me everything that they're going to do for me. And he did it. You know what I mean? Like. The word of mouth is the best kind of business. Are clients and GCs conscious of, I guess, the environment and trying to, trying to build as better, as efficient as possible these days? Or are we just kind of as smoke and mirrors a lot of the time? Do you guys have a lot of the passive house? 
or we're like, getting a lot more I'm, now. Yeah. I've been to a couple of their That's uh, right. webinars, <laughs> and I went to a boots on the ground event, and it's very hard talking to those people because they think that they know everything. Uh, they talk about, you know, <laughs> using fiber-based products and talking about how the embodied carbon is so low, uh, but then they don't account the, for how it's made, how, <laughs> how it's made, and the transportation. Which you know, let's say for example, one truckload of the spray foam is equivalent to about 20 truckloads, I believe, of to do the same job. And that's just not accounted for because we don't talk about transportation. It's got to get to the job site. But in all fairness, if you want to compare apples and apples, you should compare from the conception of that product all the way to the install of that product, right? Well, for for one set of chemical, like of the Insulthane Extreme, you have 5,000 recycled bottles of like water bottles in each set of material. And isn't there, I think I read recently where like the amount of bottles that are not being recycled I in, think it's in like the system. Five and no, is eight out of or, 10 yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's an insane it, number it's, how it's like, it's just, it's just waste at that point. So if you've got another company that's using it as a recycled component to their product, then it's not a good thing for the environment. I'm just calling like apples and apples. I will say, I think like I, we, we have a couple passive home GCs, um, up in Muskoka, Huntsville area. And um, I sat down with a couple of them this past summer. And I think it's an education thing. Like I think spray foam or our industry got a really bad rap for a while. And then we've, we've gotten so much better. But I don't think there's any education around us getting better. It's really up to us. I, I'd agree with Simone because like we were talking about before with the HFOs, I mean, it just came into regulation 2022 for a requirement. Well, I mean, the HFO compared to the HFCs, uh, it, it's like night and day, but you've got people that have been building these passive homes for 10, 20, 30 years, and they're, not to say all of them, I mean, obviously there's there's people that are constantly educating themselves, but they're looking at old data and old information, and that's what they're basing their building off of uh, when, you know, there's new information to be had, and yes, the embodied carbon is for sure higher with the spray foam, but longevity wise, the spray foam will outperform. I was just going to say that like the actual life of the structure and what your energy consumption is like, is that not being factored in as well? Right? Well, if you think about it in a 16 inch cavity, uh, you increase structural integrity by 300% for textiles. Yeah. And that's another thing that, uh, Fiber doesn't do right. It, it, there's, it actually contributes to the structural part of the of the structure of the wall assembly. It does that. That's a fact. Well, nobody can argue that point. Well, the hurricane states prove that the houses that have spray foam in it don't go down. <laughs> Just look at Chuck Norris's house. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like Chuck. You gotta like Chuck in his wig. Um, I want to ask you guys because this is always a big question. I know we touched upon it a little bit, but safety, right? So it's like safety is a massive thing. It's safety for the structure, safety for the crew, safety for the homeowners. Like, how do you guys address that as part of your business? Looking for cutting edge solutions for your spray foam needs? Look no further than Elasticam Specialty Chemicals. With a remarkable track record spanning over three decades, Elasticam stands as an industry leader supplying contractors across Canada with top grade closed cell, open cell, and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme. Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed cell product. 
Time is precious and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane Spray Foam products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at 1-877-787-2436. Lots and chemical. lots of training. <laughs> sorry, anybody jump in. No, sorry. <laughs> from the chemical, like from the application aspect, you just got to make sure they have positive pressure masks, suits, gloves, Tyvek suit, uh, fans. If you damage you gotta one show suit, them over and over change. again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like spare suits in the truck, constantly. spare gloves in this truck. Don't try to finish a job because there's ten minutes left or whatever. No, it's a priority. Okay. Some people have like health issues, it makes it worse. Like I know, like with asthmatics, being around the foam and being exposed to it is not a good thing. Then plus heights. You have to have the right training for heights and it's stuff true. like that. You're too. up and down scaffolds, you're yeah. on ladders, yeah. yes. And you know, there's been people that have had pretty bad accidents. You don't want that on your job site, so you have to make sure that safety is pretty much priority. I mean, if you're not careful about it, uh, like if you don't take the proper precautions, even as an installer, uh, you know, you can you can become sensitized to the product. Absolutely. And that's v- happening yeah. a, lot. a lot. I just yeah. I ran into someone last week and they told me that a competitor. I've heard I've heard of that. Right. So it's just that that's just that's inevitable or is that not inevitable or no it's not necessarily okay if you're taking the proper safety precautions then you should be fine but i feel like you know way back in the day with the old guys they uh (laughs) they didn't do that (laughs) no literally and they'd be like smoking a cigarette yeah or they got a hole (laughs) (laughs) but i think now like with you know at least at least for us we're like you see this barrel of chemical like you don't want that going into you (laughs) so i would suggest you know for your kids for your wife for everyone it's an easy argument wear your fresh air like it's in our policies and procedures you read it you initial each thing each page and then you're aware that you always have to wear it you can't enter that zone without a mask with us but you'll still get some gcs and some designers or some owners that are just quick take a quick always always you have your warning sign don't go in there i just like past it do people think that they're invincible? Is that what's going on here? Like they just can walk in briefly? Like as soon as you guys start, I'm gone. I do like, think if you walk in and very quickly, I think a lot of pe- designers, if they've never smelt spray foam being installed before, I give them like less than five minutes before they're walking out of that house. And they realize that they yeah. shouldn't be there, right? Yeah. Well, they want to s- They want to put it on their TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other you just yeah, sacrificed so. your lungs yeah. for five seconds yeah that's a whole other, but i mean i just i've se- i've had conversations where they try to schedule some meetings while that's going on and i'm like you guys don't understand how when this goes on the site is shut down it's owned and operated by one trade minimum requirements when it comes to ventilation is th- uh three percent over 0.3 hours. zero well it, ach yeah so it's 0.3 percent of air circulation over 24 hours and that's during uh, that's after application so once everything's winded down we're done spraying no one can go in that house for 24 hours yeah which makes sense to me and even if you want to do it is you extend it a little bit so they don't come back right but usually it's longer because by the time you finish they're not in they come back the following day not like, I mean, the day after the following day. Well, that, that goes back to the original question that came up where it's like people are building it too fast. They uh, Now that they, as soon as you guys are done, hey, we can start drywalling, which basically we all know is halfway through a typical build. So once the client gets wind of that milestone, they want to start getting into the finishing stage and get away from the rough stage. 
So that, that becomes challenging for you guys because you guys want to do the job properly and make sure it's all good and then come back the next day and make sure that it's all good. If there needs to be any touch-ups, you do it. I well, mean, inspections you do it. have yeah. to happen after. And yeah. at least for us, I don't know about yeah, you guys, but we yeah. t- they, they good sometimes luck getting take inspector a, in, yeah. a couple days. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. Sure. Why not? Just let the <laughs> So you're not site. really covering anything up yet. And, um, it, and it's probably good for the industry that it does take a couple of days because yeah. it, you do snuff out the the jobs that aren't done properly because it might not show up on the first day that, you know, buddy had a raw shot of chemical, which is, you know, one side of chemical uh, and it shows up a couple of days later because it has to leach through that insulation, the, the, the spray foam. And, you know, it, it, it's good for the industry. The only thing I have a gripe with, you know, inspectors is they look at a wall cavity and they're like, Oh, that's low. You know, you're <laughs> quarter inch low in one spot, but you're, well, that's, ha- that's your opinion. Why don't we look at the data? Like, because you guys are testing each batch, you're testing everything, so you're looking at the wall cavity, right? Well, I mean, you go into a house that's been batted with fiberglass, and you go around a a receptacle, and there's a gap this big, and they're not going to say anything Or the guy that was on a Friday afternoon who scrunched the whole thing and just shoved it right into that cavity, and now what is that bat doing? Or that wire they just went around rather than cutting it open and filling it around it. And we get called out on that, whereas it... It's really subjective. Like, it should be across the board. If I'm getting called out on that, so should they. No, we get we get harsher judgment from inspectors. I could see sure. that, but I mean, it can't be a visual thing. It has to be a data thing. The it, technique is supposed no? to be they close their eyes and then they gauge five spots and they take the average of all five. But no one does that. They aim for the lowest spot and they call you back for one that one little spot. I, I've had somebody call me out on less than a quarter inch. An That's inspector? Insane. An inspector. I would challenge that guy. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. You're not going to win the battle. Yeah. They, they don't care. It's No, it's failed. You didn't have enough there. Well, I had a half an inch extra, like six inches away from that. I don't care. You're low there. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head. I would be challenging no logic. because I'm looking at the whole wall assembly. I'm looking at that whole section there when it's all like And that's what they should be doing, but they don't. Yeah. So now you guys since you guys do your job, it's fully on display and now they can see a slight imperfection here and there and call you on it and then it kind of forces you to come back. Yes, a callback. There and nobody wants to do callbacks. It doesn't matter what trade it there's is. There's right? profitability on the Because job. that's profitability loss. That's exactly what happens, right? Your whole profit is probably depending on the size of the job. You could lose it. How do you handle that? Because I mean, I guess the callback or the customer service, and like we just have to go with it. Just yeah. so you, it's better just to. You can't argue it. Okay. Yeah, you can't argue it. Okay. <laughs> you just gotta so just sit down. You never win. You never win. You just no. get up and go get it done. It has to pass, right? Like that's the reason they hire. You're us. holding <laughs> them up at that point. <laughs> yeah. If you're holding them up. You're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. So there's just just get it done, just finish, and move on, and that's yes. it. And then you could ask for who the building inspector is in the future, but we kind of <laughs> we want to know who the inspectors are. Have a little list. Yeah. No, so we have. We definitely have. have like a little black book. <laughs> open open yeah. it up and. Uh, 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 no, we don't yeah, do that. We, we don't do that area. Well, anymore. honestly, like there there's certain areas where I go, and it's 20 minutes away from somewhere else I just sprayed yesterday, but. He only looks at the spray foam as being an R five and a half rather than what it's actually rated as 
an R6, you know, well, uh, depending on thickness. it's. Yeah. I mean, there's arguments to be had for R, right, ratings and all that stuff, because a lot of that stuff is done in a lab in a controlled environment. And then when you apply it to a real job site environment, you're not necessarily getting that exact. And I'm talking about all forms of insulation. Can, can we do the exact same test to fiberglass baths of insulation? Th that's what I mean, right? <laughs> so that's, and it's not done, I'm assuming. I don't think they have the strict guidelines that you guys no. have, right? No. Which is unfair at that point i'm not sure what's involved in the fiberglass test i'm not i'm, I'm not pretty, i don't yeah. know but i but i know what's involved with spray foam yeah you guys have a very strict guideline of what you're and it's almost well, like i was think, talking about the manufacturing aspect and how they get their r values yeah yeah but it's proven that way so again back to you guys create the product on site you do it the way manufacturer specs are stating it should be done you guys get that r value but if you manipulate another product on site then you're not getting that science class lab tested R value, right? I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You've got fiberglass on the wall, the next cavity over here, you have spray foam. Just look at them, feel it, look at the difference. I mean, fiberglass insulation literally insulates through airflow. Yes. Whereas with spray foam, there's no air going through it. It's, you know, heat conduction, which yes. uh, it, it's, it's completely different. Uh, I would say there should be tighter testing requirements on the, the fiberglass insulation, but you're never going to get it because... It's efficiency, it's speed. They need speed, to, it's to, cost. It's like economical. When I first learned in, in construction that a, a track home takes 19 weeks from excavation of a hole to key to client, 19 weeks, you get an average size home. That's how fast you get it. That makes me nervous because I can only assume how much that home is going to move in that period of time. And also the 19 weeks of what part of the year it was being built. Better pray to God it wasn't winter. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, you factor that in, right? So, I mean, you guys, and I want to talk about, I guess, administrative scheduling because you're trying to schedule jobs and organize a business and run it smoothly. But then there are some hiccups, like we talked about, MacGyver. There's all kinds of things that happen. Who does the scheduling for you guys? How do you guys handle the scheduling? It's between myself and another gentleman. Uh, basically, well, perfect example. How often does your schedule change? Well, perfect example. Last weekend, Sunday afternoon, uh, the other gentleman went into the office, made a couple calls, just to make sure everything was good for Monday. Oh, yeah, we didn't pass inspection. We got to push it off like a week. Got to push it up. Like we're supposed to be there tomorrow, <laughs> and yeah, you, you didn't tell us. We had to call you. We had yeah. the same thing happen to us this yeah. week. We had two large custom houses push it. And you know, it's jobs don't just grow on trees. It's not like sometimes. Well, no, you don't. You're not going to take on another job because you know you're going. You're committed to that job. So when they push you, you could probably bounce jobs around, but you could be left holding Scrambling. an empty sack. Yeah, some days you you know, and you still got to pay your staff. Yeah, everyone comes in, they've got a day, so they're working, right? But then if you guys are floating the schedule and trying to figure out... Sometimes you can fill in a job, and like you said, some days you just, you can't because, you know, that was, you maybe that one day you can't, but maybe for the next day you can, and you find something for them to do because, you know, you want to take care of your guys. It comes down to... Well, I know you, how many trucks you got going on? How many crews? Well, we have nine trucks, but we're only sending out three to four a day. Okay, and then you guys, was, what, how many trucks and crews? We have two, but then we have one truck that has two reactors in it. 
Okay. And then Jeff? Uh, we have three urethane trucks, and regularly we're sending out two. Uh, but you need that one. You need the extra one just in case. Like you need like three extras. <laughs> Actually, yes. extra, extra, extra. So the, the fly by no, no, night guys. Full truck extras. We've had three spray full trucks break down on us at once. Yeah, it's just happened. Really? And multiple yeah. times it's happened to us, yeah. And you guys are just in the shop trying to figure it out? No, we're, ca- we're calling up another company asking us if they're going to give us a hand. To work together. Or Is someone can lend us a truck. No, it's not easy because no one trusts nobody with their own truck. I don't trust anyone with my truck. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Would Got you let it. someone spray it for you? Yeah, we do that. But I mean, we've never been in that situation. People have lent us a truck. Right. Or we're like we have one spare truck, then we need one more truck, and then we talk to the next person, and we were able to finish. So the how truck. was that day when you guys were getting that call where all of them were getting down, but you had you remember work? That, remember that scene in Matrix where they're shooting bullets at him, and he's dodging <laughs> everything in slow motion? <laughs> That's, that's what it was? That's exactly You saw it everything is. coming at you, and then you were just trying to navigate. But we're making brutal. it work. It was bad, huh? It's brutal. It's such a mess. And then you're trying to, like, juggle with, like, the other homeowners. There's another day. And Everybody's pissed off because sw- yeah, their drywallers got getting pushed now, and you're ru- yeah. they're not coming back for two weeks. You're trying to make it work in every aspect, like, from the homeowners to the crew to the trucks to, like, the repairs. And it's just so much work to do. Crap, yeah. But that's why you probably would want, like you guys were saying, two or three days afterwards, just in case, right? And also just a really good team. Well, that's why we never we like for us we we build our own trucks. I don't know. Do you guys build your own trucks too? Yeah. Yeah, we build. Yeah, I think if you're if you're well known, you're building your own trucks. You're not necessarily buying a pre-built truck, just because then you can use the trades available like for example for us we bought our air compressor from a guy that lives like 20 minutes from us so if our air compressor goes down i just call him and say hey you go out take a look at that right so it's i think it's advantageous to make sure that you're you have your team stacked wherever you're running your business you guys got so many balls up in the air like you're juggling so much that's why i keep saying that this is such a difficult trade and difficult part of the industry well certain guys will run trailers certain guys run uh like box trucks we run box trucks we only run box trucks yeah anybody ever show up in a civic (laughs) (laughs) maybe if the truck's already on site you can't even pull the generator (laughs) saying anybody could do anything in a civic from the 80s all right (laughs) civics are with no oil (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but basically like i mean you think about it you plan uh, to have that truck down yearly because it needs to be inspected for M- MTO purposes. Yes, yeah, so all that regulation. All the done. regulations there. Say you weren't expecting something to be wrong with it. It's down for an extra two or three days. You know what I mean? Uh, you have to you have to go with it because you've booked your jobs. And yes, maybe you accounted for the the truck being down for a couple of days at a time. But then there's three more days where you were planning on having that truck. Well, you need to have that, that extra truck. Is it worth building the business proactively so you guys are constantly just making sure things are still running smooth totally so you spend that time whether that's a like a day or a morning or if something's down or whatever then the guys the crew can actually just be tinkering we do it every quarter every quarter i bring the guys in on a saturday they just look at everything because we also we have um blow-in trailers as well same and you know there's generators in those guys too um so everything gets looked at quarterly i like to think and jeff you're the same 
Uh, I actually, we have a shop guy and he's always tinkering in the back of the trucks at <laughs> the end of every day. You know, he's, he's checking on little odds and ends, making sure everything's good to go. It's almost like a flight check, like a pilot getting ready to take off. Like you just have a list of things that you're. Yeah, he's got a list of things. He's, he's great, honestly. Uh, just don't get caught in a conversation with him. <laughs> You'll be there a lot longer than you want to be. Uh, I gotta just, go. I gotta, he, go. Yeah, he, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Walking out the door and he's following you. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> but uh, no, he, you know, he's he's very technical. So he, he knows what he's talking about. He's been around the urethane machines for a long time. And it's just little things. He, he gives warnings to my guys like, hey, just so you know, you need to be looking out for this. Uh, then he'll tell me, okay, I told him about this. We're probably going to need to get it replaced. I can replace it after hours. We'll get it taken care of. You know, he kind of comes in a little bit off hours from our guys so that he's able to take care of things at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, it's a added cost, but it saves us in the long run. You know what I mean? It's, it's somebody who so a second set of eyes it. on it's, it. It's oh, 100% worth 100%. it to just be on it. You guys are the same, too. I remember when you brought uh, it to your shop. Yeah, yeah, you're the guy. <laughs> I'm the so, fixer. So you're constantly looking yeah, at Yeah, we're changing it. generator oil every month, hydraulic oil every three months, air filters every month. Um, our trucks had oil changes maybe every three to six months. So I don't care. We're not going to wait a year, 10,000 kilometers. Uh, we get the nipples greased all the time. You're just like a body shop, like yeah, 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 yeah. Because you've got the three crews going out, but you've got nine trucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like any industry. Take care of your. No, no, tools. we just can't find like able bodies that we trust. So there's no point in me taking on guys to do half-ass work and ruin our reputation. I'd rather build a solid foundation, like Simone was saying, and then you take on another crew. Yeah, like so for us, like my tech guy has. He was like actually. He was from the Philippines, moved to Canada, lived in Canada for 20 years, over 20 years, and then came to work for us. So he was already a Canadian citizen. That's how we kind of got on the Filipino train. And he's like our oldest standing employee, basically, you know, with my dad, um, you know, made Basque what it is today. And his his long term, like our my long term plan for him is he won't be spraying foam forever. You, you can't spray foam forever. So he's he's our tech guy, like he he tinkers. We but your your <laughs> businesses are designed that way that you they can have get someone that starts boots on the ground, works yeah. their way under like yourselves, all four of you guys understand the installing process of this yep. trade, and then you're working your way up through the business. Yep. To the and point. he also trains too, like he's trained countless guys. There's so much training though. So much training. Well, it's such an investment. Like any of my guys calls me with an issue. 90% of problems I can walk them through over the phone. And the only reason I got that is because of the guy that trained me. FaceTime foam. Now it's easier. Now <laughs> it's yeah, easier it's way before. easier, way easier. You but can send was, a video. But it was difficult, I guess, in the early days because you really had to explain all the widgets. No, there was no one to learn from. Nobody, there was no, no pool? No one knew like, yeah, what to do. They just you did it. Massive machine. <laughs> It's pretty intimidating. <laughs> I walk in there and I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I know the door's here. That's about as far as I get. But it is pretty intimidating for someone who's not familiar with it. Well, like, I think like for the spray foam training, it's like, it's a, we just did it. It's a two day, three day course. And, but they don't, they don't take you through how to fix stuff. No. Right. Like they're like, oh, this is the gun and this is how to break it apart. And you're we like, are, great. We, that's we, like, we already know. That. We, yeah. We got that far. <laughs> thank you. Right now, what about when this goes wrong and I'm, you know, down a back road, it's an hour and a half from my shop and it's snowing. Like, who do I, what am I doing here? They don't train you 
on that sort on of that scenario. No, no, they don't. Which is what you they should be. But this is like you you kind of weed out the guy in a truck very early because they just can't handle the pressure in order to get past the learning curve that it takes to actually run a spray foam truck. I want to go back on one thing for site conditions is how many times you guys showed up on a site and the parking is not available for the vehicle that you guys are bringing. We start like most of our Toronto jobs in the morning. Yeah. We're the first one there. Can't well, move a foam truck. I know. I <laughs> the know. first one there. Yeah. <laughs> once we get parked, we're good. But yeah. the biggest Don't thing I found, me. especially when I was on the truck is, is just talk to people. You know what I mean? Just let's figure it out, guys. Let's work together. And a lot of times if you can, be a good communicator with someone, they're going to work with you. Well, it's not so much that. I was actually uh, alluding to they have a broken driveway or like it's completely excavated. There's divots and like it's not a well-suited place to park the truck. And uh, you guys have all come across that. Or like What I hate most is if some, there's a big hole and they just put plywood on it without yeah. going and the tire goes in and your whole truck falls in the Buddy, yeah, you can't do that, right? Here. Yeah, Un unrealistic ex expectations. Oh, we just we just regraded all of this. Just park right there on that dirt mm -hmm. mound. Yeah, I'm gonna sink. No, you won't. Yeah, I'm gonna sink. No so there's gotta be a little bit of awareness of what you guys are bringing. Well, I I put a lot onto our sales reps. You know, what I mean, when they're out looking at jobs. That's my big thing. It's I got to be able to get my truck in there. But that drive might change in the time that you guys show up to do the job, right? Well, no. when we're dealing with customers, like clients, okay. residential, yes. a lot of times it's, you know, we're looking for big trees. We're looking for low-hanging low wires. Yeah. Uh, you're looking for, uh, like when you go into like Toronto jobs and Hamilton jobs, uh, is it a one-way? Do we have parking in front of the house? Are we on the same side of the street? All are, those questions. Are we accounting for getting a $350 parking ticket or $150 parking ticket because we have to park there? Uh, you know, it's a lot of things that you got to take into perspective when you're looking and at lean neighbors and obviously your trucks make noise. That's just a given. We have quiet covers on all our generators. So how much does it reduce? Does, do you know? Offhand? Quite a bit. Quite a bit, huh? Yeah. I mean, it maybe it might be a bit different for us, but I have done a couple jobs over um, in Forest Hill where we've started the foam truck up at like six in the morning with a quiet cover on it. Totally fine. And everyone's still sleepy, everyone's sleepy. Sleep. Yep, everyone's still. <laughs> it has worked so far, but I, I don't know if you guys have your quiet. We have one only. But yeah, we run all our trucks with quiet covers. I have Just yet to do a, like, a decibel test with it and yeah. without it. It's, I feel it's like it's already kind of silent to begin with our generators. Oh, okay. Maybe I had a really I never even asked you guys <laughs> at the very beginning, like, what spray brand or what equipment you guys running? Is everybody different? I'm Graco John Deere Champion and DV Compressors. Okay. Graco, for sure. So I get the sense that a lot of people are Graco. Well, we have, uh, we run older equipment. It's Graco Gusmer, which uh, Graco, Graco owns it now. Graco owns Gusmer now. So, Back in the day, it was both, but I would say you can go. Uh, we have one PMC machine as well, um, but I still like my H2035s yeah. way, way better. E30s. I don't even know what that is. Older, older equipment, actually, because like you were saying before, you can actually fix it on site as compared to the new. You can stuff. bypass things. Yeah. So there's no computers, switchboards, and all kinds of AI still, technology. Still switchboards, control panels, for because you've got your heating elements inside of it. So yes. there's certain things that you can't fix on site. Like if you lose an element, which doesn't happen very often with these old, old machines, your 
SOL. You're done for the day. You, you know, you need to have that extra truck. Uh, but I would say most problems you can bypass if necessary, and you're not going to run into a fault, like an error signal coming up on your machine saying, oh, you can't spray right now. You need to fix this. But as an installer, you need to know how to bypass it to make it so that it's actually still applicating properly. So you get the new guy come in, you're training, you got a world of training, you got safety, you got how to do the spray and everything like that. And then you have to train them on how to MacGyver figure out something. Oh no, the first thing is how to do prep work. <laughs> yes. prep, work. prep work. That's the number yeah. one yeah. thing. So yeah. it's basically the Miyagi just wax on, wax off. All do that long, first yeah. all day long. Figure that one out. Well, we talked about, you know, what you're looking for in a potential person. High attention to detail. You got to have the ego, but you got to have high attention to detail. Yeah, cover that furnace, cover that water tank. What, and, you know, say we're spraying this ceiling right here. I'm not I'm not looking at the ceiling. I'm, I'm glancing at go, it. Yeah. I'm glancing at it. I'm seeing if there's anything I need to be worried about, but then I'm looking around. I need to cover the entire floor all around this room. There's no way you're foaming this room. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you want to foam this room, you're not foaming this room. <laughs> but you know, those are the things you got to look no, at. No, you look at all those things. Yeah, totally. And you got to teach that to somebody to look at all those things. And you have to, you know, look at heights. You're looking at... Uh, scaffolding. scaffolding. Yeah, if you need it, uh, scaffolding, like you said. And then, is there a hole in the floor over here underneath this random piece of plywood that's just been thrown over here? You need to look at everything. Um Another thing is, is how how high are the walls? Because typically you're buying poly sheets that are eight feet. Eight they feet, op they open to eight ceilings. Feet. Yeah. yeah. So then you're not just slapping up a piece of plywood and then, or sorry, poly, and then going over top of it. You actually have to put the lower piece first because you want it to fall down because you're spraying from the top. The overspray, if you put the poly, the lower piece in front of the upper piece, it's just going to sneak in behind. Trade shows. I know that you were just recently at one. They're dying. Are they dying? What do you mean yeah, they're yeah, dying? It's not like no, I was just going to ask, are they a good resource for you guys for education purposes or networking or all kinds of things like that? We yes or no? We don't really know. No, we really? really do it. No. Well, every building trade show has a, a spray foam section, I guess, of it, but they're not really they're, They don't benefit your business. I mean, we do get leads. Like, um, do you get client leads or GCs? We do, we do. Uh, we get both, both, both. But um, mainly there's people that are just coming up just to educate themselves about the product. Right. Obviously, people are getting a new build or have a project coming up and they just, yeah. they're just they trying to figure out what insulation they want to use. It's good PR, like for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's only for yeah. branding, yeah. but like, which, and you guys we've definitely scaled down. Like, yeah. we, we're not doing as much as we used to do. Yeah, right. I know. You guys are the same? I can't tell you the last time I went to a trade show. Yeah. Really? You guys have been around for so long that you forgot to do it. <laughs> I know. I, and I want to. I, we've been talking about it. It's just there's so many so many different things that are being taken care of. And, you know, it's good PR. It is. No, and no. As long as you're, you guys are getting leads and your schedule is full, there's no point in doing it. So you guys are looking at trade shows more as a, a way for sales and not so much for the business or advancing the business itself? I mean, our company's almost been in business for 50 years. So uh, a lot of our sales come from word of mouth. And if, if it's not word of mouth, it's Google, it's our Instagram. It's but are, are the new toys not showing up at these trade shows? Or were you guys getting a new toy tech? Or the They did have one, I think it was this past weekend, but... Most of those trade shows are down in the U.S. 
yeah. like spray foam worldwide yeah. is a big thing nowadays. But, you know, it's not beneficial for them to come to Canada. I think the closest one uh, was two years ago. And, I mean, I want to go and check out the stuff, but I'm not flying to California. No, I, but I, I guess my question is, would it benefit your business? Would it would it help advance your business or would it, would it be worse? I think we do a lot of innovation. <laughs> yeah, we spend a lot of, yeah, us <laughs> On too. our own, you know, like yeah, trying to figure R&D, out ways yeah. <laughs> to like, you know, do things better. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever thought about utilizing a trade, like a spray foam trade show to figure out how to do better. That's interesting because almost every other trade I yeah. would say would go to trade shows to advance their business and also possibly generate leads. Me and Emina used to go to World of Concrete almost every year, <laughs> like seven <laughs> years ago. Then I but we just went kids. to learn, like. <laughs> Just educate ourselves yeah. and have an open mind to other things. That's such a massive show. Like it is. We'd be there it's for the whole show. week. It's a great show. It's dude. A great I show. recommend anybody go to at least once yeah. to check it out, right? I just wish they get rid of it from Vegas. But I'm not a fan <laughs> of Vegas, but that's a different show right now. Maybe but we should make our own. Yeah. Well, there's certain like things you see come down the line uh, that I find are beneficial. I mean, Piranha Tools, I didn't... We've, we use like a handsaw to cut the foam. Because I find it the quickest and the easiest, most efficient. You're you're right there. You're looking at everything that you're doing. Piranha came out with a tool that has a scraper and uh, like a serrated edge on it, so that you can do both. And there's little little things like that that I want to see, but I just I'm not flying down to Texas to go and look at them. I, I think I, like I also keep in touch with the Elastochem sales reps like quite a bit, like Kevin Kerr. Love calling Kevin. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. <laughs> and uh, and he'll always, like, drop, you know, cool things on me every once yeah. in a while. And, you know, I think that's another way that we kind of keep the innovation going is I'll take stuff that Elastochem says and try it out and see what happens. Like I said, I'm fairly young in the industry, so I have a lot to learn, and I lean on them quite a bit. But they're a good resource. You found right. something, and that's the same thing that you guys are looking for. You're seeing that as more valued than actually attending an event that possibly is just basically a social gathering. Yeah. Well, well I, I don't want the latest and greatest because usually you want version three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Let somebody else figure it out first, what's yeah. wrong with it, and then go from there, right? Yeah. Exactly, because, you know, the first, first version, yeah, it looks shiny and new, but then you find the problem. Yeah. And then they come out with something that's fixed it, and then there's more problems, and then they find the best version, and then they create a new pro- product. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to, I mean, relatively speaking, you guys are all about anywhere from 10 to 15 years of running a business in this particular trade in the industry. At what point do you guys look at the business and go, we're, we're ready to advance. We're ready to buy a new truck, uh, buy a new sprayer, new machine, new everything. Because it sounds like you guys are maintaining what's existing and making it work, but eventually it will fail that you'll have to replace it with something new. Is that not the case? We Every year we're spending money on something better than before. Like really? I remember oh, we used so to, have, are, five, we had, we used to have five horsepower compressors. Now the smallest one we all have is like a 10 horsepower. Wow. We're sitting on maybe like four, five horsepower compressors. And, and the same thing with generators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they're ready to... <laughs> To go into something yeah. that's not working anymore. Oh, so you guys are you stockpile. Doing, yeah, so it's all being done, right? So yeah. you guys are already into that's just the natural progression of your business. We have enough equipment right now to build another three trucks. Yeah. 
but that's all being it's just sitting there actually. predicting for what's going to happen in the future it's insurance policy yeah i, I just like put whatever a truck goes down yeah i just put a 12 year old new machine into a truck <laughs> it, 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 we bought it 12 years ago. And oh, it was brand new. Just it was brand new. It was and in the just, box. And it's just been sitting there. It's just been sitting And now there. it's finally getting its day. A year, year and a half ago, I put it in onto a truck. Starts like butter? Is it? Starts like butter. And nothing's wrong with it? Nothing's wrong with it. It's. I so mean, I guess I was wrong that I was, you guys are... H2035? No, that was the PMC. So oh. it, I, th- it, I think it's an H40. GXT? No. I can't remember the specs on it but uh we no uh, idea what you're talking about there <laughs> i'm just i'm so yeah. used to because i sprayed with the h 2035 for 10 years and then you get this new piece of equipment and it's like no h 2035 that's what that's what i spray with no it's not actually so uh do your education background checks everything like that but, uh. here's the flip side are companies like elasticam coming to you guys and picking your brains about the industry because you guys are the end user. I don't think so. I, think I haven't experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, no. I would say they don't come to you, but if you call them, they listen. Yeah. Fair enough. Like yeah. we found uh, uh, early years with the Insulthane Extreme when we started talking to them about application and how we could improve it, what the problems are with it. They listened and they changed things around. I, I distinctly remember when it first came out literally smelt like chocolate and I, I i thought it was something in my head that why why does it smell like chocolate it's like brown maybe my brain's tricking me to think that it smells like chocolate it did smell like chocolate it was sweet it was a sweet smell and i said to them i said you can't have it smell like that because people won't understand that it's not good for them <laughs> and i don't know what happened and maybe it was slightly me but i i can walk into a room if i don't have a respirator on i can smell the foam and I've been spraying, like I said, it's 10, 11 years. And it's because I wear my respirator all the time. Uh, you, should, you should be able to smell the foam. And it should be an irritant because you shouldn't want to stand in a room while it's being applied. Is it, are you too far off if you're not smelling the foam anymore? Like, is there irreversible damage at that point or no? Well, when we got into the sensitization, uh, I don't know that it's sense of smell that you lose. I think it's you, you get different irritations. Some people have skin Scratch like an allergic yeah. reaction yeah. 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 to it. So uh, I'd say it's very few and far between where people actually lose their sense of taste and smell like COVID. Interesting. I mean, I'm so anal that I hold my breath if I take my mask off. So I'll do my best not to sniff anything. Because you guys understand the safety risks attached to I this, just don't right? want to inhale anything. That's it, right? It's still a chemical at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Definitely. And then we're so used to taking our masks off at the door, so we'll walk all the way to where the exit door is, and we'll take our mask off there, and then you take a few steps away. Then you and then masks off. have lifespans on them as well, too, no? Usually your lenses, and sometimes your snorkel goes, but like depending on the clamps you have, we just could replace them right away. We have spare clamps on the trucks. So what do you guys think the industry is going to look like five years from now? Are we uh, still advancing? Like the main. I don't know. I th- I think the barriers of entry is so high right now that first of all, you better have deep, very deep pockets and be very just confident to start right now. Yeah. You need it, but you guys are already established. Because the last truck we built ran us quarter million. Yeah, that's just one oh, truck. Wow, yeah. we're we're about and the same quarter typical, million. Huh? 
Yeah, our big boy that with the two reactors in it is well over three hundred thousand. So there isn't going to be a Civic Foam company anytime <laughs> soon, right? Like yeah, that's not so. going to happen. I I'm think you might get like a lot of mom and pop shops. Really? But like in the winter time, they're going to really feel it because like I don't know about your areas, but commercial lease rates are ridiculously high in Toronto. We have so our our own building, um, so that's nice with a warm room, <laughs> extra nice. Mm. <laughs> um, but again, the overhead on that is is still quite a bit. <laughs> still have to pay the mortgage. So there's still that's what keeps on contributing to the actual business itself. And you guys are still trying to figure out what the bottom line is. Like right? you're still trying to make a profit, like anybody in construction. Well, so I wouldn't really suggest anyone. I mean, we all want to be our own boss, or most of us do. Uh, but I wouldn't really suggest to anyone to be going out and starting a business right now with the way that interest rates are. Uh, if you have a secure job, yeah, it might be working for the man or something like that. Like, I would say hold out just, you know, maybe two years because I don't know with the way the economy is going right now, whether it's smart to be, it, it's always good to invest in yourself, but to be investing in your own business without a strong base. Right maintain now. your business right now. Maintain. Just maintain it for now. Because. see where it's going to go. I don't know. It, Looks a lot like 2008 U.S. right now, the way things are going. Not disagreeing with you on that point. Um, so how do you guys keep on attracting more people to come into this industry? Do you guys consciously do that? Or were you guys finding your employee pool? I'm a full-time scout. Constantly looking, right? Yeah. You guys are the same way? Like I said, well, you've a little, got the, yeah, little the, bit different. Yeah, but yes, exactly. I, you know, every once in a while we get a Canadian resume. But I'm not shy in explaining to them, like, what in what our industry entails. And a lot of people just, you know. They don't even make it past that. No. Our employment contract states are regular hours and weekends. Yeah, and is. as soon as I was like, weekend. Okay, no, you're not good yeah. for this, man. No. You have to always have your eyes and ears open. Because, and you have to put them through the, the ringer. You know what I mean? You got to, they have to know what they're stepping into. Uh, it's not like any other job. But I'll say they can make great money. I was going like to say it's a, it's a it's not a. <laughs> what are the benefits attached to being a spray foam installer or being a prepper, being a part of the crew? What are the benefits attached to that? Looking for cutting edge solutions for your spray foam needs? Look no further than Elasticam Specialty Chemicals. With a remarkable track record spanning over three decades, Elasticam stands as an industry leader supplying contractors across Canada with top grade close cell open cell and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme, Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed cell product. Time is precious and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane spray foam products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at one 877 787-2436. You get to see everything. You get to see a construction project. You get to see, you're going almost, you're going somewhere new every day almost. That's you, the best part. You're not stuck in a cubicle somewhere. Well, that's construction in general most of the time. No, because right? guys go there on a site 18 months, 24 months. Um, we're, we're at a different site every day. There's a new true. place to There's eat, a, new advantage. coffee shop to go to. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Yeah, you're always out meeting people. Even if you're on a job site by yourself, you still 
when in between that time. Why not set up like a barbecue on the back of the truck or something like uh, that? I have you a guys microwave. guys have microwaves? <laughs> yeah. Microwaves are so important. It is <laughs> a <goodness>. must. <laughs> I get to eat my wife's homemade meals every day when I'm on the truck. I think um, it's there. Yeah, we got microwaves too. Like from a financial standpoint, um, speaking, you know, I did go to university. That costs a lot of money. Even going to college for a trade costs a lot of money. You don't have to go to college to necessarily be a spray foamer. You have to go to, you know, Fomit's College of Spray Foam. And by the way, they're going to pay you to be there. So I think that, you know, if you education. get, yeah, <laughs> if you get, you know, really good and you're dedicated, you can be making great money without not a lot of money spent. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. hundred percent. So I think in that sort of sense, it's, it, it's an attractive career, you know, for guys who don't, you know, can't afford to go the college university route. So the one thing that we haven't talked about, which I really want to talk to finally that we should is spray foam technique. When they finally do get on the gun, what do you guys so for us want Daniel's son to reveal there? We blindfold you. <laughs> <laughs> Spin you around. Spin you around, eh? Find Let the wall. Let your pinata. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you missed the wall. Whap, whap. <laughs> no, Honestly, it's, it's, it's all about how your arm strength is, your wrist strength is. Some guys spray side to side, up and down. They picture frame it. Uh, I don't know what chamber size you guys are using or what type of gun. Some some guys have CS, some guys have AP. Uh, it, I understood some of that. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> what kind of guns it's are like you guys using? We only use AP. We have every gun pretty much GX7, CS, but yeah. we stick to APs with our guys. Okay, why? Because I have like 30 of them and we just swap okay. them like candy. You guys too? Uh, yeah, we're AP fusion. Okay, so we're CS. They're the ty type, of type of guns. Yeah. Yes. I got that. So my <laughs> my gun would use like a disposable lubricant that you would put so in. So you're not you drilling you make it your own? You're not drilling. Do you make your own? No. <laughs> yeah, so like, I, we used to use them. We used to use them, but it's so are your guns disposable <laughs> unit as well, or no? That's the gun isn't disposable, uh, but basically they have to drill out to clear to clear the their, line. Their, Chamber. Their the chamber, chamber, not okay. necessarily the line. But for us, we don't want to drill out because we, technically speaking, have a lubricant that's supposed to do that for us. And it works? It does that? We love them. They're lighter. Um, and you I guys think don't? It's, but it's all a preference. Okay. No, for me, it's like with all their trucks, I don't want to, like we only have two CS guns. I don't want to buy another six. So like yeah. all the trucks are equipped the same way. Well, and your operating costs are probably a little bit higher with a CS because you do have that lubricant that you're using on it uh, with the, the yeah. APs. I mean, you're going through side seals and you're going through chambers, but uh, it's more ma maintainable, at least in my opinion, anyways. We're at a point now, depends, like when you got new guys, you might go through a gun every hour, every day. But like the guns we've had now have been on the gun on the, on the coupling blocks for at least six months now. Uh, every so hour, every day? Mm. It just goes, if you don't know how to spray, like the way they spray, it could ruin the gun real quick. By what? What are they doing? I have no idea either the way they're triggering. They're not like cleaning it out properly. Well, so for us, we've been very successful with the AP. We've had, I've had trucks sit on a truck for six years, eight years. You know what I mean? Like the same gun? Same gun. Just Six years. Six years. I had a gun, I had one gun on my truck. Oh, but you're swapping out the O-rings and stuff. Oh, swapping the out O-rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, for us, we haven't even opened it. It's been for six months now. For an hour? 
No, 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 no. no. Oh. We've been using the same gun, haven't cracked it open, same side seal, same chamber, six months. Wow. But we do swap them at times. Are you flushing it every night? No, we do. Oh, no. <laughs> if I use a GX7, yeah, I flush it out. But. Yeah. Oh, six months, that's... So our guys are very, like, they keep it running. Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy with it. There's no point in us doing the CS guns. I mean, me personally, I like to pull apart my gun. Not necessarily every switch. Day? No, not every day. No, I, I'd say once a month just to, you know, give everything a quick drill out, make sure everything's nice and clean. Yeah, your ports do go. That's it. That's the only thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't change any O-rings unless it looks like they're about to fail on me. And if they're not about to fail, I just rinse everything off, put it back in. Not the night before. This is the morning of. Everything's heating up. And so there's no downtime. You're waiting. You've got your helper or uh, a couple of helpers in the house that are prepping. You're warming up your material. You're tinkering in the back of the truck like you have to. And that's the time I take. It's once a month. Other than that, I'm maintaining other things. I'm also guilty of if I see the pattern changing, I'm like, let me see how long I can make this last. So I start twisting <laughs> yeah. my arm different ways. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm all over that too. It's actually like a challenge, honestly. Uh, that comes into the ego thing. You know what I mean? You got to have an ego. You got to want to <laughs> make it look good. Make it look good. <laughs> Spray and butter, like everyone says on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah. it's like the performance of the product, though. Whether it looks amazing or it doesn't look as good as nice, it's still the performance is still the same. Is that not the case? Uh, Pretty much, without you know, there if. Like if you get like a, you know, one side in there or um, like th it's too thick of a pass like that, that will change things. But I mean, someone's more likely to question it if it doesn't if look, it you know, look yeah. as pretty. Yeah. You want it as flat or consistent as possible. Consistency yeah. or probably. smooth. Well, okay. it, I mean, it all comes down to profitability, too. If you're thick, like extra thick. That half inch here. going over will eat you away. Really? That yeah. Just a little bit. You could lose money on the job. So that that's the profit margin at that point. Like you're that you're that majority of, majority of your pro, uh, your depends cost. how you calculate your profit margins really. But we like to calculate all expenses <laughs> divided by the amount of days we work. Of course, and then we don't care how many trucks we do per day. So if you got two trucks going up, we know how much we have to make. If you have four trucks going up, we know how much we have to make. That's where you're coming in, calculating all that stuff on the back end. Sometimes, but that's running the business. Well, most of your costs are material and overhead. Yeah. Yeah. So we include insurance, lease rates. Yeah, we're the same. We include everything. We do a PL on every single job that we do, whether it's two grand or $100,000. Really? It doesn't matter the size? It doesn't matter the size. You're treating it the exact same way? Yep. That's very cool. And for us, we want to know every day, like how much material we want. But you to need that data, mm. yeah. right? Daily. Because it's, it's, a, it's a long game in this business. So you need that data to understand what's going right, what's going wrong. Well, I mean, if you're not doing it on every job, you, how do you know Larry yeah. didn't overspray it and then went to his buddy's place afterward and sprayed something there? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, This is why we that have... That happens? Yeah, it oh, does. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't no, no. happened to us <laughs> yet. <laughs> There's a lot of mysterious things that happen in construction. Huh? <laughs> Listen, that's why we like to train our own. We don't like to hire somebody else's yeah. because they're hard to train and the only thing they bring to the table is their bad habits. But there are guys that go around and they'll still... You know, five-gallon pail of material from one side, then the other side, and then just keep racking it up. But there's there's an expiration date. No one, like, you can't keep... How are you going to prove it? I, yeah. Oh. 
How are you going to improve? You, have you ever had a glass of milk that was expired by a day or two? No. You questioned it. Well, I know what it is, but yeah, you, you look at it. I only don't drink it if there's if there's chunks in it, then I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like anything. Like, I mean, you look at an expiry date, and sometimes it's the best before date. And I had a bag of milk a week ago. It didn't expire for eight days, but I went to pour it into my cereal. I wasn't eating that cereal after that. Honestly, I haven't ran into any problems with Elasticam's foam where it's before the expiry date. I mean, we only buy enough material to, mm. you know, keep us working That's for a certain part amount of You're probably business. done in exactly. a week anyways. Yeah, get the next exactly. yeah exactly. Like, y- you need to know how much you're putting out and account for that and then order new material so it's always fresh chemical coming in because the fresher the chemical, the better it tastes. I mean, well, sorry, not the better it tastes, <laughs> but sorry. That was leading into my next Chocolate. analogy. Chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was leading into my next analogy. He has a like, black belt in spray foam. Like, he tastes <laughs> it. <laughs> well, think about, uh, like, the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store and you buy, uh, let's say, an apple, do you think that apple was picked yesterday? No, of course not. It's probably at least a week old, let's say seven to 10 days old. And majority of your nutrients that you're getting out of a, an apple are gone by let's say two weeks. So if you buy it and you put it on your counter and you say eat one the next day, you're getting all those nutrients, yes. But if you pick it right from the source, you're getting X amount more. No, I get it. I totally understand it. I wanna go right back tiny bit to energy efficiency. I know that the first house that I did and I did with foam, we actually hit a 0.06 ACH, right? Which I was thoroughly impressed, but there was a lot of work involved to do it. Wow, to get man, to that that's point. impressive, actually. No, I, even the guys, the building consultants that I hired to actually educate me, to run me through the gamut of what I needed to do. And there was a lot of caulking and dapping and taping and uh, preparing stuff. And then we finally did the foam. And then once they did the second test regarding the, after the foam was done, they were shocked themselves that I achieved the 0.06. And I was like going, that's actually a pretty good number. Do you guys get involved with that? Are you ever asked to come back or and even get a rating of what the structures you guys have done? We just went through one. They did it before. It was seven air changes per hour. We think we'll get it below two. Which is basically... But we haven't done yeah. the after test yet. I think it'll be ready in the next month or two. The same with you But guys? anything under two is good. Yeah. yeah. No, we... Um, some of our builders, they love, like, love this new product called Aero Barrier. Yeah, they, they were on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, really I've, cool I've stuff. seen the science and I was like, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. I've been on sites and like it's a, uh, th- so basically the client, you know. It's like, where do you want to be? Money. <laughs> <laughs> you got to die. How dial. much you want to spend? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, they wanted to spend a lot. So we foamed the entire thing. Um, they did the, the blower door test. Great. Went great. They still wanted to do the aero barrier after. And uh, the builder called me after and they're like, we're really impressed because, uh, we didn't use a lot of the actual arrow barrier product. <laughs> I'm like, which good, that's how, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which That's how it's supposed the to be. The foam worked really well. Exactly, exactly. But it, it itself, like you can see it, like actually we noticed it mostly around windows, which is really that's cool. That's kind of where there would be majority of it. That would yeah. be a, any kind of mechanical terminations yeah. and how they're handled. But I think they went into thinking it's my test. It's testing me. But it actually also tested the window manufacturer as well, which was cool because there were many, many, many like little holes in their windows that they never would have realized were there. I think it's a great product to use for any new construction builds because it actually gives you a really fair test 
evaluation of what's being done, right? Totally, yeah. Well, there's nothing more frustrating than when you go and you film a job and say, you know, it's winter time, so they want to seal everything up before winter comes. So you go and you know you're spraying the entire job. You put two inches on everything so that they can heat it for the winter. And then uh, you come back, you finish the job. You know that there's going to be your exhausts that go out the wall and everything like that. Uh, and then you come back and they're like, oh, you missed this spot. No, no, I didn't miss that spot. You cut it out. Why would I have cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> so they're pointing to a mechanical hole that was made for something. Well, just wants or a free wire foam, that was really. missed. Yeah. Uh, the free foam, that's all it is. And, it, and at the end of the day, you're not just going to be like, oh, you owe me an extra $10 for that one little spot. You're just going to foam it because it's it's not worth the hassle. But that one little spot, you're sending a truck, two or three guys... The company's out plus lost income. That's where it's profitability and business. Well, it'll wise. take longer to set that truck up yeah. than to actually put the foam in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> at that point. So it's not it's not beneficial, and then for them, they if it's their fault, they should just eat it. That's all it is. But if you guys have to come back for nobody's back, eating that. Nobody. Like how do you explain to someone actually that little square is going to be a thousand dollars? It would have been taken care of. If it was done when it was supposed to be done, right? Yeah. So foam-wise, you guys could do any surface in a building structure, right? Attic, walls, basement. I mean, I personally, envelope, yeah. I've done underneath the basement slab. I've done hot roof. I've done all the wall assemblies. But, I mean, you can do any kind. And then there's also combinations where you guys can also do hybrid systems where it's a combination of foam and cellulose or no? No. Not I cellulose. Don't, we, we don't, don't do hybrid. Not cellulose, yeah. sorry. No, we, we oh, you, you guys won't do a system like that? No? no. But then on, on an attic, though, you could you if you want to foam the attic, then you put in the blown in. We would do like a two inch pass for the yes. vapor barrier yeah. and then load mm -hmm. in the fiber. Yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's what I was, yes. I, that's what I meant by yeah. that. I've yeah. done cathedral ceilings where, um, you know, cost was an, a bit of an issue. So they didn't want to do all foam. Uh, so to give ourselves a backer, we used fiberglass and foamed onto fiberglass, which, I mean, you're going to get a vapor barrier as long as you're spraying the right amount. So it's fiberglass and then the spray foam. We don't like to do it. We'd rather install. Uh, like a cardboard backer and spray onto the cardboard, but it's something we have done in the past. Did that have to be explained to the inspector or no? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I explained it to the customer and I hope they explained it to the, to the inspector, but I have not ever had an issue. Usually they just see foam and they're like, ah, it's good to go. It's done. But I mean, I remember you telling me more. I had to rip off. You know, I plugged the soffits with fiberglass and the building inspector, and it was like on a second story, made us rip it out and go from the outside and spray in. Come on. Honestly. To serious? get that, really? Yeah. Adam Luffman came with me. <laughs> Why? The inspector didn't pass it. Attaboy. Back to that. I, I, I'm going to do what he wants us to do. I thought it was pointless too. and we, Like we do that regularly. You need a backer. You don't want it to spray out into the soffits. On the outside of the house, I'm with you. Spray I'm windows. with you 100. The guy made us. Rip is it, it's, it's still not worth challenging. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Well, do a test or something like that. No, you can't do a test to prove that you don't. What, what do we do? We're gonna delay the project two months now. Mm. It becomes a pissing contest. Honestly, I, like a lot of times, I tell my customer, "You need to refer to your building inspector. See what they want." Same here. We say the same thing. And black and white. Email them. Not not like he said, she said. Yeah. They have to have. You have to have it documented because these days people. You didn't tell me that. Or I mean, like they'll say something, then they'll talk to another superior, and they're like, oh, crap, I said the wrong thing. I'll just pretend I didn't say it. Because no one's being accountable. Yeah. I love construction. So you guys are still foaming to cardboard? That's still a thing? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we have like pieces of cardboard you can get that are uh, have tabs and yeah. they're fitted to 24 inch and 16 inch centers. Same thing with you guys? Yeah, no, we don't do it. I'd prefer a car like plywood. That's <laughs> we, what I would um, prefer. We nothing, have it. nothing plywood, yeah. cardboard. Yeah, but I there's this new product, AccuVent. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, no, I haven't. Out of the states, okay. doesn't have a CCMC number in Canada, but Not we yet. can get it. Okay. So I've been talking to these guys, and I'm like, hey, can you like oh, get us some spray testing? onto on a yeah? So ceiling? instead of instead of the cardboard. So what's um, it made oh, out no, of? We only do hot roofs. We don't do cool roofs. Oh, okay, you don't do vented roofs. No. Always hot, right on the sheathing. Okay. I'm actually a fan of hot roof over vented roof. I never it's understood of like let's bring all the code into this area here. I agree. I have yet to see shingles last uh, thirty or fifty years. Oh, they don't. <laughs> they don't. And Mother Nature. And that's what the yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so even yeah. one side's yeah. deteriorating ten years earlier, it's um it, you gotta redo it. You're not gonna just re shingle one side of the roof, right? No, I agree with you. But I mean, like a hot roof will actually, I think personally, make them last longer. I'm well, with you 100%. When you get into like a vented roof, if it's not done properly and you're not a part of the process, it, it, you can run into a lot more problems than if you do hot roof. Technically speaking, a vented roof is a mechanical system of itself. Correct. And if it's not properly vented a certain way, you can't move the air that needs to circulate to There's the exit. always something in the yeah. way. It's never continuous. Well, especially with custom residential, right? Like all your valleys. Right, like you, you're not moving air because you don't no. have the stack effect. No. And again, like where we are, um, everything's going a lot more modern. So roof pitches are all below 412. Well, you don't have the stack effect. You'd have to spray if, yeah. foam the, the no, roof exactly. Line. But it's funny because where we are, hot roofs got such a bad name. I don't know if it, it's before my time um, with installers doing a really terrible job. Hot roofs are hugely popular in the southern states. Oh, huge. Hugely in fact, popular. Like you can go on, you know, I there's this one girl on Instagram. It's called Building Science Fight Club. It's really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she's really good. And she, she the advocates. The first rule of Building Science Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do and not she, talk about it. All right. She advocates for... Um, all custom homes should be hot roofs. I would I, agree, I with agree with it. Yeah, like no, hot, so do but I. But it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not the consensus up here. It is not. I can give and you a perfect so, example. Uh, so we went into a house. It was about two years ago when we first got called in. Uh, custom home, uh, pool inside the home, indoor pool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's our <laughs> favorite. <laughs> oh yeah. So we didn't do the job originally. Uh, but we got called in because it was an insurance claim. He had mold in his mold, attic. I was so we started diagnosing the problem. We started in the main house. Uh, and then... That would go rapid through the whole house. It went in through the entire attic of the entire house. Yeah, that would do that. So we started in the main house and we had to work our way down. What it ended up being was in the pool house, the guys that originally foamed it, they left literal pockets that were open to the pool room, which was sending all that hot, humid, humid air right up through. And there was a channel. So it led all the way up to the attic. And basically, we had to rip it all out. And then you're, you're working in a finished pool room. So, you know, you're, you're doing the best you can. But at one point, it, you're, I think it was 24 feet to the ceiling. Where did you guys put all your tools on the Speedo? <laughs> like, it was hot in there. Jump right like, in. I mean, yeah. yeah. And we were working on it in the wintertime. So me... Wearing glasses every time I walk outside. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. But I think 
like bottom line is at least for us like when we get a set of permit drawings if that permit drawing says it's vented we're venting her you know what it's it's a funny <laughs> it's a slippery sc- i've had this like discussions with inspectors yeah. even though it was drawn it was stated it was stamped this is what's going to happen it was building consulted the inspector still pulls up a red flag and goes, no, that's not the way the OBC is designed. And that's not how you still a flat roof application. You have to vent. You have to totally. somehow make this air travel. And I'm like, to, to where? Like you've got LVLs going on everywhere. You've got intrusions that are stopping you from properly venting. And so other than building another roof on top of the roof to just solely provide the venting of it. But now you can't do that because you've got a height restriction on your exit door to go onto the roof. Are you putting a fan in there to push that air? Then that's what I mean. So it's like <laughs> oh. you keep arguing at that point. But I mean, it's solved by hot roof technique. I know. And I think for us, like as industry leaders, if you will, it's, it's our job to just state what we know what will happen. And we have it like right on our quotes and our contracts for, you know, hot roof and vented roof applications. And at the end of the day, if the architect or the designer or the building inspector wants a vented roof, like what can, it's like the same argument. Like if, if you're a quarter inch light, you have to come back and spray that quarter inch. Like you have to do it their way. We have it even on our, our quotes, you know, there's a half inch tolerance. Well, yeah, we, ha- we have a quarter inch on ours. Yeah. Nobody cares. It, it's got to be what you quoted me. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say something about building inspectors, but I just left it alone. I wanted to ask you guys, what's the biggest bone to pick regarding the industry? Can we figure out in our value? It's a good one. Like, yeah, like why are we all different? Yeah, that's a good one. We're at like 10 point nothing per inch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, Ow. and I, I know it. Uh, I know it has nothing to do with uh, Elastchem, but you know, when this foam originally came out, it was an R7, and then somewhere along the way, it went back down to an R6. How did that magically happen? They've been changing the testing procedures at the National Research Council of Canada. Just so that's what's yeah, going on. Yeah, they changed the procedure, and then all of a sudden, the R value changes every year or so. Would it be competition towards fiberglass or something? Or is that like... I forgot who pushed for it, but... I think it was the fiberglass guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're jumping through all these hoops. We're, we're doing our spins. We're doing our twirls. But we just we got to fall in line. Is it because you guys are producing the product on site and they're not? I don't think it is. No? Realistically, if you think about it, you don't get the same density all the time. Normally, it's higher, so it should be a higher Yeah, value. there's a fluctuation, right? But you guys are testing and then batches, like, right? When we're doing the density test, we keep the skin on it. I mean, the skin off it, but when you're spraying it on, you have multiple layers of skin, so it's even higher. Yeah. And no one adds that to the factor. And then you, it's, it's up to you guys now. To get the, the right depth. That's what it comes yeah, down to in to, the end. To prove them right. You know what? I... A point I forgot to bring up when we were talking about application. So if I were to go and spray three inches of foam, I'm going to get better yield. So that's more profitability. That's why these guys are, are spraying it like that, because if they spray three inches of foam, those cells that are built up inside of your spray foam, they're going to slightly elongate. elongate. And, you know, that's where it's going to create those pockets. And the the sometimes... You get it, and sometimes you don't. But you know, 
that's where you get the bad rap. You know, these guys are looking at bottom line and bottom line only. We're standing behind our product. We're not going to scoff at you because, you, you know, you cut something out of the wall. We're going to show up. We're going to make sure that you're happy. And then we move on. Yes, maybe we lost our shirt on this job, but you're going to know that we came back to do the job and make sure you were happy with that job so that the next time you call us back. I mean, going back to the R value, I agree with you that if you're going to put such restrictions or strict restrictions on you guys, then it should be placed on everybody that's involved. Because how many times do we see structures being built where it's with bad and vapor barrier? And I've seen the junior guy who's on TikTok tuck taping. That's TikTok tuck taping. Uh, and not properly. Five times fast now. Yeah, he's, he's, he, they're not properly doing it, right? So then there's all kinds of gaps. Like you, you'll when you do it. How many times have as a GC you opened up something and you're like, oh look, there's no TikTok taping going on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like there's it's a big hole. It's can just I get a, a void. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not only that, they don't that's hard to say. Everyone can say that if you want. Any TikTok penetration that's been made into the roof, they don't even fill those gaps up. Cock it, it in, put can. Technically foam. speaking, you're supposed to tape every staple that's securing a poly you are to meet standards hmm. i've never seen that done at all once because it makes it like you no, i'm with you 100 technically speaking the moment that you break that poly you've made a hole in the system now the building system but you guys are creating uh, like that's what i mean so it's, if there's hey, so listen what why, why are you guys smiling no i'm laughing because <laughs> how do you how do you think you put up the drywall Scale, no, that's what I mean. You're screwing right I, through I know, the vapor barrier, and you never get it. Like you're always going to miss a few. You will. That's what I'm saying. I know. We know that, and we tell people that, and some people listen, and some people do not. I also think like the, like because we we also install what's called, like the bib system, the blown in blanket system, quite a bit, and um, do you use fiberglass or cellulose? Fiberglass. Okay. I think only certainty. I do not use cellulose. <laughs> That's just my my professional opinion, but okay. um, <laughs> um, fiberglass only. Um, but for bibs, we, for bibs, yeah. How about for addicts? Fiberglass too. Yeah, and not cellulose. Not cellulose. I like to know your thought process. Yeah, behind me that. too. I'm. I'm <laughs> we're strictly cellulose. <laughs> really, we are too. Should we discuss our thought processes? Yeah, I like to hear okay. your point. My point for fiberglass. Yeah. For us, like the settling thing is a big issue. It's also nicer to install. And I think at least where we are, the clients are willing to pay for the fiberglass. Am I we wrong to say that fiberglass has more settling than cellulose or is it the other way less, around? Less settling. Has fiberglass. less settling. Less. Like with cellulose, correct me if I'm wrong, I think your R value is higher, but you have to install a lot more of it for it to maintain. Like for example, R60. 12% more? Yeah, it just, it says... 15.9 or 17.8 for our 60 when that's what we do we keep our measuring tapes yeah. at 18 inches so we give the clients more so we we install 22 inches and obviously it doesn't settle i think the other argument um for us is that fiberglass you can move it a lot easier than you can move cellulose and in these custom homes a lot of things change down the line phase one phase two that never happens <laughs> that never happens <laughs> <laughs> so the guys like fiberglass a lot more. Obviously in slope ceilings and in walls, again, you're settling. And that for me is a massive issue with the longevity of a home. I've seen thermal like cams. I've been holding the thermal cam when I've seen the settling. Yeah. I mean, like in an attic, I you can make an argument for it. 
hundred percent. But we in, normally do flats. We don't do vault to ceiling. We don't do vault to ceiling. Okay, well that's not as good. So then we're not really arguing about anything here. We're not arguing. For us, we're listening to the thought process. But I mean, for us, because we are like, do you guys blow walls? Do you guys blow ceilings? We only do retrofit. I've done that before. We, yeah. Like we'll do it. And where we've we're had settling. That's why I was saying the camera. With fiberglass? No, with cellulose. Yeah. So we don't blow cellulose. We blow fiberglass. It, it was walls. a challenge. It was an extreme challenge. I, I actually push foam if we're going to do a drill and fill. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because you use an open cell foam. It, there's no settling. You can, and you use a thermal imaging camera. You can look at a wall. You can see every single stud. You can see every single. I love those cameras. They're, they're amazing. And uh, some people want to use cellulose and we tell them there will be settling at the top of the wall eventually. It may not be today. It may not be next year, but there will be. Yeah, uh, that's why we don't blow it. But we will blow fiberglass in a wall. I will, it does yeah, I agree settle. that it, it is inevitable that it will settle. It just happens. And so now you've got a void in the cavity that's supposed to be a building system, right? Are you Correct. talking about cellulose? Yes. Okay. Or any blown in material that goes into a wall cavity. That's where I disagree. Like yeah. I've opened up walls where we've, blown in fiberglass and it's never settled no because you how have how far how far down probably like 20 years really this was on an, on, on, so we came in it was a retrofit another company installed the blown in insulation 20 okay. years ago okay and then we came in did the retrofit i ripped the drywall off the wall and it was still totally fine wow That's and impressive. so we use density meters so we actually put it on the stud cavity and we make sure that it reads like you know no less than 1.2 and it's a great product. That's impressive. But I think it's better. Like I love spray foam. Like I would, I will advocate for spray foam ten times. But at the same time, when people are more budget conscious but don't want to do bats, this is a good middle. Okay. But I have noticed in our industry, fiberglass rocks all going up, and spray foam, obviously coming down. See. That's because you guys do everything. We don't it's, we don't touch yeah. bats. We just we don't do bats. We're busy every day. We don't day do bats either. Foam. But the bib system is a way to kind of get the client in the door. We don't do bib or bats ourselves. We're we're strictly spray foam. Me mechanical install. We're bib certified, but we don't even push it. I mean, uh, the it's big, a huge system. The big thing that I see coming down the line. Use. Oh, uh, the big thing I see coming down the line is a lot more people are calling for dense pack cellulose. I know because of the passive home thing, it's green. But like again, it's it's the argument that like the house the house gets certified as passive, right? Because it meets all these requirements. But then in five years or ten years, it's not going to meet. It's those, not. It's not. And it's meet. and it's not a home that's going to last a hundred years. That's what I have a problem with is that there's a lot of things that are being pushed because they're being creative about how they're pushing them. Yeah but they're not benefiting the whole structure. And I want to look at the whole structure. And in my opinion, it's a bunch of moving parts from different companies that are coming together to build that proper structure. Now I have found that if you have the right applicator, when it comes to dense pack cellulose, you can't have it where there is minimal, if any settling, because it well, all, we will see it like in 20 years, if you start seeing like stud streaking, yep pop you know nail pop streaking that like all that stuff then you know that there's a hole in there at that point right yep. and then what does that do for your building envelope the whole envelope that's why i was asking about you guys are spray foaming attics walls underneath slabs you're doing everything right so it's like the basic way to explain it the way that i was taught early in my 
my days of construction was you're, you're creating a cooler, the top and everything. You're sealing it completely, and that's how it, it works. And it does, and that's how I was able to achieve 0. 0.06 on my first house, ACH, right? Which is impressive. I was told it was impressive. So I just, like, you, you do certain things to get that. But I think that there's a creative marketing sometimes on certain products that will educate. That's where the customer is confused, I guess, with Google building. They're being told that this is the best thing you can do because they're just like pushing this out there. And I'm like, oh, have you built it? Have you used it? Have you lived in it? Yeah. That's the other thing. And if you haven't, so it's just like you until you achieve that on hand, like boots on the ground experience, like you guys have experienced it, you, they won't know. So I, I won't. It's not that I'm going to be disrespectful and say, well, listen, you don't know anything you're talking about. But I've been there. I've done that and I've experienced it. So I'm just giving you my two cents. That's why I was just going with it. No, it was good to, to bring that up and discuss yeah, it. Yeah, no, so, I, no, I mean, for us, again, like the the passive home thing, the green home thing is becoming a, a big trend where we are. The breathable membranes, I don't know. If yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the breathable membranes like too. The but smart vapor barriers. Yeah, but you got to, it's also, okay, cost. And I go back to that carbon footprint starts from the conception of that product. Totally. Doesn't start from the time someone grabs it off the shelf in the retail store. It doesn't. I'm sorry, it doesn't. So you have to factor in all that, and we can get into a whole other argument about, you know, two letters out there, but I'm not going to get into that argument because that's not what the show's about, right? I'm talking about Evie. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's interesting to say that, but that now you guys, like, that's what you guys deal with on a daily business. It's part of your business model now because now you're educating clients and GCs, and, 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 and I see it that you've got a lot of young tradespeople that want to absorb as much knowledge as possible but I think sometimes they're being told a mixed bag of knowledge and then they're confused themselves. And I, th I think until you try it on your own structure, you try it in a building or you work with somebody on the structure, you won't really know how it works. I, I will take a site in seasonal conditions over a lab test any day, any day on any product, because we know what happens on a site. We don't know what happens in a lab, but it's nice and easy to make a lab make it work for the numbers that you want to try, try to achieve, right? Well, there was a company out there. Um, they had a house insulated, and they insulated one, one cavity with spray foam, uh, or a couple of cavities with spray foam. They insulated a couple with fiberglass, a couple with rock wool, uh, just to show the difference. And, you know, that's something... I want to have in my office like you know you have the heat lamp test where you've got fiberglass you've got cellulose you've got spray foam you can see the difference just right then and there using a heat gun just to show the transfusion of that that heat and the energy and the conduction of of the materials um people just don't i don't, I don't know why people can't justify the cost because the cost is higher for the spray foam obviously but it, it's it's what an investment. We, what are we talking about here cost-wise? Like I don't, it never was a factor to me. I always kind of explain to them, when you start looking at utility bills later on down the line and we start seeing a society, whether it's Canada or US or like Europe's really good at this because they've had high heat energy consumption costs, right? So we build bigger, so you have to pay more to heat cool here. But when you start seeing those numbers go down with the age of a house, then that's where you start saving. And technically speaking, the foam is cheaper. We live in a throwaway society. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I get it. We build too big here. We build it too big incorrectly here. 
and we should be building smaller. You guys were just at the tiny home thing. I'm not saying that small, but it, like the principles behind that should be attached to it, right? And then, but I think there's a lot of confusion going on back to Google construction, right? Everyone, and then you get all these clients and you get GCs coming at you guys. Well, this is what we've heard this week. You know, we'll save the planet next week too and whatever, just right? So all kinds of stuff. So you guys have to navigate that, but I still would take someone's opinion that has done it on the site first. That's just me. Well, I'm sure there's more than one way to skin a cat. So yeah. you, everyone's probably seen a different method of work for them depending on the type of building they've been through. Are you guys having a, a slight challenge or is there a nice marriage going on between yourselves and ICF? Looking for cutting-edge solutions for your spray foam needs? Look no further than Elasticam Specialty Chemicals. With a remarkable track record spanning over three decades, Elasticam stands as an industry leader supplying contractors across Canada with top-grade closed-cell, open-cell, and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme, Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed-cell product. Time is precious, and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane Spray Foam products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at 1-877-787-2436. I think it's kind of one of those things that it's a competition, but it's not. You're looking at different, different people want different things because it's a good product on, on its own. You have to... As long as water doesn't penetrate it, then you can't find where the leak is coming in from. Yes. You'll never find it. Yeah. I mean, I, I did work on ICF before I got into spray foam and it's a great system, but at the end of the day, there's benefits to both. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of GCs doing their own, like if it's like a 10 by 10 edition, they'll do their own ICF foundation. They're building it themselves. Yeah. They'll do it themselves and then we'll spray foam the pockets in the upper rooms. Yeah. We're, we're seeing the same. Yeah, foundations will be ICF, and then we'll foam those rim joists. And but I think like with the the ICF, it is limiting in terms of design. So at least in our market, you're not seeing it really past the foundation like foundation stage. Electricians despise ICF. Oh, because they have to become gophers now. They're <laughs> they're like tunneling, right? Yeah, they have. And to. the mess. I it's, mean, they yeah. already leave a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're allergic to brooms. We're getting close <laughs> to wrapping it up, but I just wanted to, did we cover everything? We covered quite a bit. I don't know if there's anything else that you guys, I guess the other big question that always comes up on this show is like, how do we attract more people into trades? I know for us, like I sit as a director on the Muskoka Builders Association. Oh. And so um, this coming year, like one of our initiatives is to go into high schools. So the Gravenhurst High School, for example, we're doing a big trade week in October and pretty much bringing in skilled trades, unskilled trades to do little presentations on the, the end of the week. We'll do like a big trade fair. Um, Georgian College comes in um, and talks to us and we do builders breakfasts, or that's the plan this year, with those trades, with also the students to what's, try and recruit on, them. What's on the breakfast menu? I'm not sure yet. I'll <laughs> let you know though. <laughs> <laughs> S -s -s sour milk with Cheerios. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like we, that's you know. this is great. Honestly, we, that's uh, amazing. We we definitely have a very small. Like we're six thousand people. I think just over six thousand people in Muskoka, 
And, um, you know, a lot of those kids go away to go to school because I don't think they realize that they can make really good money where they live. Now, if they want to get out of Muskoka, totally fine. And maybe they go and live in Toronto and spray foam for foam it, right? Like, <laughs> there's options. <laughs> They're going to get killed by the rent prices. Foam it university. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the rent, rent is really high in Muskoka, too, if you can even find a place to live. So a, Build like, it first. Well, this is why we're... Build it and they will come. <laughs> but yeah. th first things first, it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> 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 and uh, I, honestly, I think it's just a shift in society's thinking because, uh, you know, me going through high school, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I, it was, if you're going to college, you're, you're, you're dumb. You shouldn't be going to college. You're not that, good that, enough. You're not go good enough. You, yeah, you, you should be going to university. Well, I like it being called a... A four-year vacation. <laughs> That's what I've heard. It well, called. like, <laughs> I, and I mean, not everyone's the same, but I went to school with a, a number of people that went to university for a Bachelor of Arts. And maybe you want to get into the arts. And maybe you just want to go to the university to party. I don't know. I didn't go to university myself. I got into spray foam when I was 19. And my thinking on it wasn't the way the school system looks at it. It was... My family looks at a hard day's work is a hard day's pay, and you need to be satisfied that you've done a job right. You don't want to do a job twice. So, you know, if you're working and you're providing for your family, that's all that matters. You're doing an honest job. That's how we should look at it. You know, these days you, you see someone doing whatever job it is, and it's like, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. What does it matter? He's providing for his family. He's out there working. It shouldn't matter what you do. You don't need to post on Instagram or Facebook or X or whatever they're calling it these days and, you know, feel ashamed because, you know, you're, you're cleaning porta potties or anything like that. You're providing for your family. And in the, the society looks at it like, oh, well, that's disgusting. Who cares? You know, like we Society's still trying to figure out what to look at. Like everything is changing so quickly, but the one thing that's not changing is the need for people in trades. AI hasn't replaced that yet. And it's going to be a long ways off before you start getting any kind of major AI tech replacing certain. I can see, I don't know, AI machinery dropping a foundation in there, but someone still has to excavate it, right? And then I can see some modular walls going on, but someone has to still create fine cabinetry and do some trim work and stuff like that. So it's like, I can see some of it, but not all of it whether and, and the difference is that the rest of the world is already being influenced by ai it's already changing completely every kind of job out there we've all seen that with photoshop and we've seen it with all kinds of stuff everything's changing you guys have any thoughts on how do we attract more kids coming into are your kids going to get into the industry i was going to ask that <laughs> <laughs> our job is just to guide them in the direction they want to flow into yeah it's a great parental advice but I could tell my daughter and my son are very hands-on. They're, yeah, yeah, they're hands-on, yeah. right? So they might get into the trade somehow. Whether it's foam or not, but they might get into the trade somehow. I mean, I don't we think you could tell at that age. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like, I, think, them. I think parents, like at least my parents, probably your parents too, yours, like it was like, oh, no, don't go into trades because, you know, you can do better. Yeah. Like you can be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Growing up, that's all you would hear. No, that's all you would hear because that's what they did. Like, my my mom's side, 
my father, like my grandfather was an immigrant from Germany. He was in steel. So the last thing he wanted his daughter to do was go and work in steel. Like he wanted her to be a businesswoman or, you know, and I think that that has kind of screwed us up a little because then the school system has caught that too. It's like, oh yeah, like send them to, send them to university, get them an education so they can do better than their parents. And it's like, well, no, you can, you can make a, you know, I know that I make better money than some of my friends who work downtown Toronto. <laughs> Is it like a misconception for this younger generation deciding whether to get into trades or whether to get into university education because they're being taught University education is a six-figure deal, right? Where it's it's a loan or it's borrowed from mom and dad or whatever, or scholarship, and uh, and they they automatically assume that as soon as they finish that education, they're going to be that much closer to getting a six-figure job. There's like that, that's actually but that's not true. Times more of them now, but that's not because true. They're all doing it. Yeah, there's nothing unique about what they're doing. Versus getting into trades, you spend what on education. If you find someone like yourselves, you don't, you have no upfront costs. Yeah. No. So I, I provide just everything. Just be punctual. Yeah. yeah. Just, you just, just got to show, show up. Maybe show up. Yeah. Smile a little. And then you, you're starting to make X amount. And then all of a sudden your second year, you start making more. So, you, so, so it's, like, it's like tortoise and hare kind of thing. They think they're going to be that hare doing the university and I'm going to get a six figure job somehow in the next five years. But you still have to pay off that six figures that you already by the time you catch up to our guy in the fourth year, I don't think that person that went to university and had to spend 100k out of their own pocket is going to catch up to our guy. I don't think so either. I agree with you. And a lot of those kids that are doing their university, there's been so many of them. We know they've just dropped out. So they don't they finish can, it. No, they don't finish it. So now they've got the, that debt behind them. They've got no education and they're lost. They don't know what to do. And nobody does what they studied. No. <laughs> Political <laughs> science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, accounting. <laughs> you ever bring well, it up business. on the job site? You ever bring it up on the job site? No. <laughs> They're like, where did you study? I'm like, well, my father. <laughs> Since yeah. I was 12. <laughs> School of dad. <laughs> good professor. I, I also the best. think, I think it's all also rooted in the school system in the fact that uh, we're not stopping people from progressing even though they're not putting in the right effort because you know when we were growing up it didn't happen as often as you know maybe your generation but they <laughs> but they I may be the oldest here at this table yeah <laughs> but they they actually failed people yeah you didn't put the effort in you shouldn't be pushed along to the next grade it should be you need to put the effort in and then you pass. Yes. If you do not put the effort in, you should not pass. Yeah. I don't care if you're embarrassed that you failed the grade. You're not helping them by pushing them through to the next grade because they're, they're going to realize they can do as little as possible and they're still going to get by. But the whole educational process is not educating the kids properly. They're not being educated on a number of things that they should be educated Taxes. on. All kinds of, oh, there's a number. Even in university, they're like, no, you, we don't teach you how to pay your taxes. I'm like, it's a life skill. <laughs> we don't teach life skills. I saw a politician <laughs> yeah. recently. No, we don't. I saw a politician recently talk about how if we brought more people into trades, the price of housing would go down. Is that a truth or is that BS? False. That's interesting. Because as, as soon as they do that, municipalities increase the upfront costs. I think the housing price is just going to continue to climb. I don't think it's ever going to drop. No. So that just makes it more difficult for people who can't afford it to even get into it. So then it's just, it becomes a society that we have right now. 
So even if we had that fill of what they say, it's like, whatever, we're missing 10,000 tr- new tradespeople every month that we need to get into this industry. That pricing is still going to be at where it's going to be because there's a lot of profit associated with all that price. And there's a reason why all these towers are being built, right? Because that's what people can only afford. You're talking about million dollar, 500 square foot condo units. Well, million five, no, million fifty if you had a parking spot. <laughs> And you, gotta, and you got to pay maintenance fees and mm. maintenance fees that are going to probably be a greater than yeah. your mortgage Correct. possibly for a building structure that is already anticipating failure so you're and usually you're, they're out of funds within the first three years of getting ownership of that building so yeah i was just curious about how to more it makes sense to me but you can't speak to a, a generation that's being bombarded by ai by social media by all kinds of different possibilities being a local celebrity that turns into like I just saw recently, no way, you know, that guy that was on TikTok, whatever, no way, no way. Like he just finds certain things. He's got a whole store that he opened up and he's got all kinds of merch. So everyone's kind of just like, let me see how I can merchandise this stuff. Right. And make some money from that instead of actually a, a hard day's labor. Yeah. <laughs> Why work a hard day when you can just coast through it? Well, it's bad when you can just look on the Internet and look and see some YouTuber like a kid opening up a, a toy and just testing out the toy. And one like, in tens of millions of kids. But everyone that are thinks that, that they can. I know, but that's one in tens of millions of kids, right? That's the, that's the, the, the optometrist that these people are looking at, right? Isn't that what social media is? Yeah, it is 100%. Right. We use it for business. We use it for exposure. We use it for all kinds of stuff. But, educational not, purposes. but not everybody's making a healthy living off of that. Quite the opposite, actually. Yeah, it's a you're spending investment. a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of investment attached to it, right? So that's it. Just all right. Any thoughts? Last minute. Like, I love doing these shows because it's. I, I love that. I, I almost want to sit talks amongst yourselves because you guys are picking each other's <laughs> brains, right? I really, I love seeing that because I, I totally, I truly feel that everybody that's been on the show doesn't look at the next person as competition. They look at it as they're part of the community. And they're working together to make the industry better. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. You guys are technically speaking competition, but you guys are not competition, right? You guys respect each other in the industry. You respect the businesses you've grown and the, and the product and the service that you provide to clients out there, right? So that's really valuable. And I, that's the message that I always want to give out to everybody, like especially a young person listening that wants to get started. Totally agree with all you guys. Do not get into foam now because of the economy, what's going on. You Ownership. Guys, yeah, you're going to. Like don't start a foam business be you a, can come work for us yeah yeah, yeah you exactly. can come work for us yeah <laughs> exactly Feel free. Always we hiring. started it up for you <laughs> learn and then e- and even offer the op- the option of like listen get your own division we'll get you started and you'll be a part of us and all this other stuff right that makes a lot of sense so they know they don't have to do all the heavy lifting you guys did well it's like any trade i mean if you find somebody that's been in the industry like an old guy that has been doing like me it, <laughs> you're old <Yeah. laughs> thought we weren't you know, admitting that okay let's go seasoned you got a little salt and pepper there, there we go <laughs> there we go seasoned and uh you learn from them like you know we've we've lost the aspect of walking into a converse walking into a room with an open mind yeah we we need to be able to be taught because even though i might have a wealth of knowledge uh that wealth of knowledge is nothing compared to you know, everyone in this room when it comes to a lot of different things, you know what I mean? Muhammad, he, he probably could teach me a, a number of things and I could teach him a couple of things. And 
same, same with Simone, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Um, Emma, <laughs> Emma, whatever you like. Yeah, <laughs> like there's so many things that you could teach me. And the problem is, is we need to learn how to communicate with people and be open-minded to being proven wrong and to be able to grow. Because if we grow, it only makes us better. Yeah. And not enough people are open-minded. I guess one last question for everybody. What are the thoughts on about getting out of the business when you have to hand it off to somebody else or what's going to happen when that day finally comes years from now for you guys next week for me? <laughs> like, how do you value a spray foam company? I don't, I, like I think the value takes is that what you're talking about? Like an exit strategy? Yeah. What's your exit strategy? Like, is it going to be handed off to somebody else? That, is it going to be just day that's, last? That's not on our 10 year horizon. That's not even on the 10 year. No. Okay. You guys? No, not even close. Not yet. Not yet. But you got to think one day that it's going to have to be handed off to somebody else. Like, I mean, we've had we've had someone knock on our door, and we politely said no. Um, I think that they should have rang the doorbell. (laughs) (laughs) Some flowers. (laughs) I don't think they were in it for the right reasons. Got it. Um, Okay, I understand. (laughs) um, But you know, for us, like, or for me, I'm just getting started. Like, we don't just do spray foam. We do, like, five other things, too. Comfort. So, it's, it's, this is what we're supposed to be doing, I think, right? I mean, as for, like, when I turn 50 and I want to spend my summers in Florida. 34 <laughs> My summers and my winters in Florida. Um, I don't know. I think, like I said, I, uh, it would have to be a very large spray foam company to buy even like to buy to buy you guys, I got. <laughs> We've people have come to our door. Yeah, you know what I mean. People want to buy the company, but not knowing how tough it is to run the company. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just it's not in the cards. I mean, you 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 have to have an open mind to everything, but at the end of the day, you need to know what you want. If you're gonna listen to those offers, you have to be willing to say yes or no, and be your own investment in yourself. So if uh, if at the end of the day, you lose the passion, you know, say seven years from now, even though it's not in the 10-year plan, you might be selling. You never know. You never yeah, know. We have responsibility to our team. Like, we want them to live their yep. best lives as well. So that's kind of what our passion is. But one of them taking over it? That could be an idea. Like, if they have... Like if they want to talk about something like that, take over. Maybe that's what I did. Yeah, exactly. I know. I can't yeah. wait to tell my daughter about that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good life. Like we, as you, as we all know, it's a good life. Yeah. Work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have four four children. You know what I mean? I have four daughters, and if (laughs) 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 I have zero, so he's pushing. pushing What does that? What does that mean exactly? (laughs) Take note, baby. Take note. (laughs) Two more. He really wants you out, eh? He He just wants to take over the whole (laughs) show. (laughs) He's asking every day. Another one. Another one. But when you know, at the end of the day, if. My daughter comes up to me and says, hey, Dad, I want to come to work with you. I'm not going to say no. You know what I mean? I'm, I want them to be successful. I want them to, to be able to provide for themselves. If that's the choice they want, okay, great. I'm going to show you everything I know. You need to listen. 
you need to pay attention. If they're not listening, I'm not afraid to fire my own daughter. You know what I mean? Like you got to start at the bottom. Like it's the same. That's a tough fire. Huh? It is. <laughs> I, but at the end of the day, I mean, I can remember growing up, my dad giving me shit because I didn't do something right. Of course. And it's go back and do it again. And that, that's got to be instilled from a young age. It's not just you start at some point. You know what I mean? It's you're teaching responsibility. And I like to think I'm raising good children. <laughs> start them young. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's all about putting the time in. But you're, you're investing in your children every, every minute you spend with them. Damn, I had one last question to ask you guys. You got to get her correcting you 24 errors. That's what I used to have to do. Use a <laughs> I always like the transducer problems. <laughs> My dad would be like, hand me the gun and be like, here, clean this. <laughs> Rip it apart, clean it. I was going to say, we should get a cleaning the gun. Yeah. See, there you go. If you guys need ideas, feel free. I know, right? <laughs> Not they just all. don't. They don't have do nitro dust for kids. <laughs> <laughs> They've got small respirators. <laughs> do they really? Yes. If I really were to do a room like that, I'd have like air sucking out. Yeah, negative airflow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge thing for my dad to like get over that for me, like sending me on a foam truck. Yeah. And like knowing what is on a foam truck and what it entails, like it, it every day he'd ask, "Did you wear your respirator?" Did you wear your PPE? Yes, dad. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's tough. He was just watching Wouldn't, out. Yeah. yeah. Guys, thank you very much. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for making the time to come out here. And, and Mo, you, you set this up and you organized and facilitated. And and we had a few people that didn't come. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> full, Happy to be here. are the oh. hardest guys to get into a room. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what you were saying at the very start when this was first presented. You're like, this is going to be a challenge. But, I mean, you pulled it off, so thank you very much for that. Oh, appreciate and it. And thanks to Lassa Camp for pulling that off as well, too. So I just want to share everybody's deets again. So, again, uh, Jeff, uh, Rysel, right? It's all insulation. And uh, the Instagram is Rysel Insulation. Website is www.rysel.ca. And cell number to get a hold of you. Or is, you got a 1-800 number, right? So it's 1-800-265-8869. Yep. And then your email is jeff at rightsall.ca. And then Simone Marsden, uh, Basque Pro Inc. And Instagram is basque.pro.inc. And cell number is, for, you want me to give up the? Oh, hell yeah. 416-419-1438. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and her email is sam at basqueinstallation.com. And then Fomit. The good thing about Basque is they take phone calls after midnight. Really? <laughs> I will answer. Really? You just announced that on this. <laughs> call me. Let's talk about cellulose. <laughs> How warm is it in the house right now? <laughs> What's Fomit, Fomit's information? I don't have it right here on hand. Fomit.ca. Uh, all handles are at Fomit. 416-893-8712. Goes to the office. An email? Info at Fomit.ca. You've yeah. never recited that before. <laughs> Never because he gets the calls. They call. They found him. That's it. They just Google and they find him. I don't give home person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave out the business line. Yeah. So. <laughs> someone's got to get some work, and someone's got to reach out. And I guess you guys are looking for work, and also for employees as well, too. If that's an opportunity. Yeah, uh, for sure. Doors always open. Yeah, that's what I figured, right? Oh, and Jeff is with a G. That's right. That's right. It's not the other Jeff. It's G E O F F. Got to be different. Oh, and it's the right pronouncing is what? Correct, yeah. 
Jeff, there's no difference. No, no, no it's G off. Uh, no, no, but the origin of the word. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the, this the J E F F is the Americanized version. So, is that what it is? Americanized, yes. Okay, all right. So it's actually English. The G E O F F. My nation, like my heritage, isn't English, but. So I, I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but it's it's there. Uh, uh, Emma, I was going to ask you. Um, you guys go back to Australia, right? No, you guys go. We haven't. We used to spend the winters in Australia, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to spend the winters in Australia till COVID happened. Got it. Then things. So changed. we leave in December, come back in March, and that's going to happen this winter, or no? No, this we took on a big challenge this summer, this year. That's right. Yeah, you already yeah. mentioned to me. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. So are we. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That'll be fun. Can we ask what it is? Mm, off camera? Yeah, we'll talk uh, about off mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> off mic. Off mic. Yeah. Come to the studio. You guys can find out. No. It's definitely no kids. No oh. more kids. No more kids. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't Clarifying get that. It you guys have two? We have two. Yeah. It doesn't get da harder after two. Uh, son and daughter. Uh. It doesn't get harder after two. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I have four daughters. So Whoa, you have four daughters? Four daughters. That's daughters a challenge. Are the best. Yeah, it's so I guess you're going to have five kids soon. <laughs> <laughs> Every man I know that has four daughters is always trying for the fifth hopefully get a male yeah, our, yeah. our family friend did that they had five boys a minute four boys five yes five boys and, they had and then they finally a girl. go oh wow they finally got one well at least got a lot of older brothers i, I know somebody that had seven girls and the eighth was a boy yeah i've heard of something similar to and that but my like i have no clue when it comes to girls i come from a family of i have two brothers my mom comes from a family of 10 where she had nine brothers and my dad comes from a family of five when he had one sister so when it comes to girls, I had no clue what I was getting into. What happened there? Now right? you're in real trouble. Yes, <laughs> yes. At least I'll be well taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, you so much Thanks for being for on the show and sharing so much. Honestly. That's it. We're out of here, Angelina. Yeah.